So uh, could you just put the shoes on out there? Like, yeah. don't let your socks touch. I have blue bottle 20 ounce iced coffee. Like, I yeah. haven't touched it. I would love that. You all my milk okay? Yeah, that's great. No, this is good. You, you may have heard me say this on the podcast that you've watched a few, but yeah. the first few minutes I'm a little... That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Ray. Let me take a shower. I'll be back in 20 minutes. <laughs> going, going, hair check. <laughs> Scoot, doo, blabbity blue. This is delicious coffee. It's good to be back. <laughs> you? Shout out to my audience with TMJ Disorder. Right. The, this uh... bud's for you. <laughs> Let me see if I can... Mm. Sounds really good. What's that? It sounds really good. Sounds good? Yeah. I feel like I'm in that uh, SNL sketch where they do the sweaty balls, you know? Do I know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sweaty balls has... Uh... Shreddy Balls has come a long... Comedy has come a long way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you ever watch old sketches? SNL old one, sketches? Yeah. Um, my wife likes to watch the like new SNLs, and I always get nostalgic for the old ones because, you know... I look, no offense to them. I, it's a great show, but it's not, it's not like it used to be. Well, we have a couple of the new cast members that say otherwise. Guys, come on in! Get the fuck out of here. Juggling and like doing... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the older uh, my my buddy John DeWalt and I we tried to watch and maybe could have I didn't give it enough of a chance but uh, last week we put on Wayne's World mm-hmm. didn't hold up I mean damn I didn't get out of the basement uh. so I could have held up but I mean it was just it's hard I remember laughing so hard at that bit where they're like doing their product placement and like turning the camera nobody's ever done this before holy shit it's like but yeah. but does that stuff hold up to you. I don't know. I haven't seen it since I was like a teenager, to be honest. Well, this might be a either a very exciting or boring episode, but <laughs> we're going to do a special Wayne's World episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, welcome back to it. My name's Rick Glassman, mm. and here it is. Yeah. Uh, this is a long time in the making. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, I've done 100. I, I don't need to do the intros anymore. That's true. It's a lot. Thank you for coming over. It's a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, when I have somebody like you, uh, your kind. A Jew? Yeah, I only have, I only have Jews. <laughs> yeah. When I have somebody on who you're somebody who I I've known for years now, but we don't know each other well. Yeah, that's that's true. And I always get caught in this weird place of speaking through the guest to the audience, mm. and I'm not good at it. <laughs> and I would love to put you on the spot and have you maybe tell us mm-hmm. uh, first if you could slate that's your camera, and then tell us how we know each other. Is that okay? Yeah, great, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm Nelson Franklin, six foot five. Can we see you with your glasses off? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Much better with the glasses if you don't mind my saying. I think I'm, I have like a, my face is like a little fat and the glasses help to like <laughs> bring it down. I a didn't notice. Oh, good. I think you look good. Oh, thanks so much. And then we'll do a, oh yeah, you know, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's been a big struggle for me. Uh, I'm going to cut you off with my question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a fitting once where... They asked me to take my glasses off, yeah. and as a joke, I just, I went, I just did that. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, like yeah, so yeah. big, yeah. And they let me have my glasses off for you know maybe twenty seconds before they said, "I think we're gonna have, I think I don't think it matters. I think we're having mine." And I was like, I can't tell them I was joking. Yeah, but because you got to give them more, you don't want to insult their intelligence or whatever. But yeah, they probably didn't know. 
they probably didn't know. Yeah. Which is like, uh, I guess, what? How could they respond if they're not sure, right? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> he's one of those guys. Uh, yeah, put you can put him on. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> the voice is way too high. Yeah. All right. So yes, turn off my phone here. So yeah. So uh, yeah, we've known each other for. A long. I was just thinking about on the way over here the first time we ever met. Um, well, Jesus. Siri just activated when I tried to turn. I, unless I remember wrong, I have a picture of when we first met. Was it on? You t- are you talking about David's movie or something else? Didn't you go to Orange High School? <laughs> yeah, on Futile. Yes. Well, no, it was before that actually. And I and this is the thing that maybe so. Uh, I met you in the audition waiting room for Undateable. I remember it very where, well. Where, where uh, which? Uh, at the Fox lot. Yeah, like a little bungalow. Uh, you know the guy, the creator guy. I can't remember his name right now. Bill Lawrence. Yeah, it was his, his office. But, but he's not on Fox. He's on Warner Brothers. Is that now or is that from before? Oh, he's been Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something else. Put this part in fast forward until we figure out what Lottie was on. Yeah, well, <laughs> but look, I remember meeting you. But was Bill in there? Or was it the pre I thought it was. Maybe it was. No, no, no. It was a, it was a real deal. Oh, that was uh, in Culver. Culver, yeah. I okay, remember. maybe. Maybe it wasn't Fox, it was Culver, yeah. I mean, there were like French doors. It was a really cramped space. And you're the kind of person. So at this point in my career, I wasn't like that schmoozy in the audition room. Uh, now I am, but I, I wasn't that comfortable back then. And you came on very strong uh, and introduced yourself. You were, you were like, oh, I know you. Hey, I'm Rick. Oh, you know what? Oh, this is so funny. And you started talking to me. The, lo- what was the show that you were on with the stoplights? Traffic light. Traffic. Yeah. I, I like that show. I watched really? the whole. Was there only one season? Because I watched all of it. If there yeah, was, it was just twelve. Yeah, I watched them all, and I knew you from that. Funny how I didn't remember you from Incredible. the audition room. Yeah. Adrenaline must have been going. Yeah, but if I said I know you, that must have been it. Because I liked that show. And you immediately asked me to play basketball with you on that weekend. Because <laughs> you're, you're tall. Yeah, <laughs> you're so fucking tall. We just, you know, I got a game going, so immediately it triggered like a lot of things for me, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable talking to somebody new when I'm like in audition pre-audition mode, and then also. Like, yeah, I'm a tall guy who's supposed to be good at sports. This is like a thing that's been dogging me for a long time. And it's like, oh, I can't show up and be an asshole. And, so, t- so, so tell me what the difference between you, who has already was a lead on a, on a network <laughs> show. <laughs> right, right. I had, had just, uh, I was about to, I was days away from booking an El Pollo Loco commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so, Did you do an El Pollo Loco commercial? Yeah, they, they, uh, I, uh, well, actually, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Pardon the interruption, I know you're enjoying the show, but I just wanna let you know something. Thanks to Babbel, the number one selling learning language app, there's a brand new addicting and fun way to learn a new language. Babbel doesn't feel like you're going to school. They 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 set up their courses in 15 minute bite-sized game function style lessons. Go to babbel.com and use promo code TISO, that's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, promo code TISO, to get an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. Hello, Glassman Boppers, and good morning, fellow Goblin friends. It's your boy, Rick Glassman, and have I got some fresh news for you. Hello? Fresh. Nice. What? Oh, I thought you were saying hello to me. No, I was do- I was saying the name of the brand. Oh, I think they just want to be called Hello Fresh, not Hello, comma, Fresh. Okay, I'll try it again. What's up, everybody? And a big shout out to Hello Fresh, like that. With HelloFresh, you get seasonal, pre-measured, delicious, mouth-watering ingredients delivered right to your door. HelloFresh.com slash Tyso12. Use promo code Tyso12 for up to 12 free meals and free delivery. That's HelloFresh.com slash Tyso12. Use promo code Tyso12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Citrus mango? Mm-hmm. Fire-grilled chicken with fresh mango salsa. Obviously. Avocado bacon? Yeah. Hand-sliced avocado and crispy bacon. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. 
and we're back. Look, I never knew that you had a brother. You never told me that. I never. That I played be... both parts. Wow. Yeah. You are one of the best, man. You think I was confident before that El Pollo Loco commercial? Yeah. You should see how many people I asked to play basketball. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. You know, that's an asset of yours, being comfortable and confident when you're talking to new people and stuff. That's the thing I had to grow into over several years, and you had it from the get-go there. What? 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 Did you not have it because you were uncomfortable, or because you're in act, you're in like audition mode? Right. Those are two different things. Yeah, I guess that was it. Yeah, I, I, you know, audition mode for me, it used to be this like dead serious thing where I'd like, I, I was like, up until the second they called my name, I'm running the scene in my head and being like looking very serious and anxious looking and stuff, and that was sort of my ritual. And I wasn't bad at auditioning. This is what I did. And now it's more like okay, whatever. I, I, and I hadn't met everyone yet. And at this point, I feel like I met everybody. Funny. That I've you think you've met everybody because everybody that like goes in for the same parts as you, but not even the actors. I just mean who's in the room. Uh, it, they're not going to be mystery people anymore. How old are you? I'm 35. So you've what, you think you've just been doing it long enough? Sure. I mean, you know, I've been doing pilot season every year for you know 15 years now or something. And, uh, bring or, sorry, br- bring this down. You could bring it back still, but so yeah. you're not covering your face as much. Thank you. And then you turn it up. Thanks, boss. There we go. So that's the thing. This is a podcast, but it's a visual. Po- what is this? There should be a different word for that, maybe. Uh, yeah, i I like to, I like to say it's a it's a podcast, but with a visual or something like that. <laughs> I think of it like I can't a show. I guessed kinda. it right on. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I took it for me. I was looking for what to call it. Yeah, maybe I suspected that. So you, are, I would love to. I mean. I don't know if it's even allowed or possible, but it would be so funny to see if we could get the audition for that. I probably read for your role. Uh, Do you remember what the role was? It was I can't it, remember. Was it the guy who said tits a lot? <laughs> oh, maybe it wasn't then. I just assumed because we were both like tall, glasses-wearing guys with brown hair that uh-huh. we were going to the yeah. same part, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, so you, you've been doing pilot season for since you were 20? Sorry, when I was 22, so 13 years or something. And I, that's when I got that show Traffic Light, when I was 22. And I was supposed to be playing a guy who was like 39 or whatever. Those yeah, you the, were a dad, right? I wasn't a dad. The other, uh, Denman was a dad, David Denman, uh, who played Roy on The Office. He was on that show as well. Did you uh, do, uh, Was you did Office season four and yeah. then six, right? Yes. Um, but you also, you did you did uh, Veep, you did Blackish, and there was another show you were on that was like at the same time. New Girl. New Girl. Mm -hmm. Did you film those all at the same time? Did they come out at the same time? How does that work? Yeah, I had a great day once where this only happened to me once in my whole life, but I had like the, my manager called it the Holy Trinity, where I worked on three lots in the same day one time where I did. Wait, how? I did New Girl at like six in the morning. Fox. Yeah, at Fox. Then I did, um, I had to go do Blackish, traveled across to the, to Burbank, to Disney. And then Veep was at Paramount, so that wasn't too bad. And I did that, like, that was a night thing that I did. And there, th- so. and, and all the shows knew mm-hmm. that you have hard outs. Yeah, it was like genius work from my <laughs> from my manager and his assistant to make that day work out. That was crazy. Veep is Allison Jones. Yes. Uh, Blackish is uh, Blackish and um, New Girl are it's three different casting directors. It's uh, Shevchenko and... No, like, I'm getting the name wrong, and I really... I'm gonna be embarrassed. Christy you, and oh, Jesus Christ. Do you here do this? Um, yeah. uh, I'll ask you again. Yeah. And then just say whatever, mm-hmm. and then we could look it up later, and I'll vo it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. But but do you mind if we keep the first part in? Yeah, that's okay. I'm okay. just embarrassed because I love them dearly, and I'm on the spot. That's well. Then I'm do doing. one of these. Do one of these. Be, uh, why don't we talk for another like five seconds, and then be like, oh, what am I talking about? It's and then just say whatever, and then yeah. we'll get a pickup later. And we'll get a pickup later. Yeah. 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 Um. 
so you did so that's Allison Jones and then yep. oh wait a second I remember who it is I remember who it is it's uh, Anya Koloff and Michael Niccolo <laughs> okay uh, how much am I gonna forget to get the voiceover <laughs> and you just say that um, so uh, you auditioned for them the week before what before I do the episode? I'm you mean? saying you you coincidentally your mm-hmm. shoot days are all in the same day. Yeah, you audition probably around the same time then. Oh no, I mean I think at that point I had already been on those shows for enough time that I was just recurring, and then they just brought me back on the same day. Coincidentally, never had that. I've, once a friend wrote my voice in a cartoon. Yeah, but I've never been offered something. I didn't have an. I'm just saying I had been. I I was on all those shows for many years, and so at that point I already had the role. Uh, of on oh, all so three they, shows, and, gotcha. and I just happened to shoot them all on the same day that year. What's the best uh, experience as a as a guest star <sighs> versus leading? Versus leading, because you do you've done you've done every yeah. uh, have you done every show? <laughs> no, just a ton. You you've know. done all the shows that have won awards. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I've won some. I mean, they've they've all won some awards. Yeah, I what? mean, here's what it is. Uh, Leading, like being having a lead role on a show, obviously it's like the best possible situation, and it's just amazing. And you already it, to have gotten to that point, you already have sort of a relationship with the writers and the creator and stuff to a point where you're sort of you feel good about what you're doing. And a guest star is a little more like, Ugh, I hope I'm doing this right, and I'm just my first day here and all that stuff. But uh, I guest starred on Veep constantly. I was not a regular on Veep ever. I just guest starred like five or six times a season, and that was the best guest star experience of all time. Did Allison Jones get you that? Yes. In fact, she. I, the reason I got that job is because uh, Allison was holding the auditions for the pilot of Veep. And uh, she was having Zach Woods be the reader for that audition day. And then Zach's uh, grandmother passed away uh, tragically and he had to leave town all of a sudden. And so she called me at 11 o'clock at night and was like, can you come in tomorrow? Everything's coming up now, son. And be the reader, yeah. So I read for like, you know, six hours with Armando in the room, and that is how you pronounce it. I called him Armando for many years. I did it once, too. We have an improv background. Is that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'm sorry about the grandma's. I was just, you know. Oh, it's okay. I didn't know her, but I know Zach, and he's a lovely guy. But um, after I read all day, they threw me a bone and gave me a one-episode guest star role, which then turned into a... Was that in the first season? Yeah, the last episode of the first season, yeah. Allison Jones is... Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast numerous times. Yeah. We met on the National Lampoon biopic. Yeah. And I auditioned for the role of Harold Ramis. That's right. And that was with casting director Allison Jones. That is right. And Allison Jones. Terrific casting director. Fantastic. We're actually having her on our podcast next month. I hope to get to work with her again. I'll let her know. Okay. And we had what we call in the biz a general. Yes, we did. Yes. A general, for those of you that don't know, is a meeting that is serves no purpose, but you feel like, oh, I'm going to be successful because I'm meeting people now. Incidentally, out of all the generals I've had, three of which I've maintained relationships with. All right. You were one of them. Who are the other two? Allison Jones, and I have to imagine there's a third. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine. Well, Allison Jones is fantastic. I actually just saw the movie Booksmart last night. How was it? It's really fun. Great. Really, really enjoyable. I think people are going to love it, but... She cast that movie, and every last uh, person in the in the film is awesome. She's one yeah. of the greats. We're going to get her on the podcast soon. Amazing. There are two people in this business that I've, I've met with that feel like they're we're working together. Allison Jones as a casting director. Oh, she's great. And you as a whether you're as a producer, or writer, casting director, whatever your job is in that moment. Sure. Which is, uh, I come in and you. You want to get the best out of me. Yeah. Not saying that other casting directors don't feel this way. This is my personal experience and feeling has been 
feeling this way about her and you. I tested for the office. What character? Dwight. Yeah? And... Shout out to Allison Jones, who casted that show. We'll be having her on soon. She's done... I mean, she did Fresh Prince, Golden Girls, Veep, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Office, 40-Year-Old Virgin. I mean, she is... She's yeah. amazing. And... Uh, uh, um, uh, and um, super bad. Most importantly, she discovered all like half yeah. the people in that movie. You know, um, make sure uh, it's just it's a it's a great poll. Um, when he said super bad, uh, it looked like he was fondling balls. Yeah. You know the the dick and balls they draw at the end of super bad. Well, let's see if we could put that in your hand there. <laughs> all right, you want me to do it again, or is it going to be? It's going to have been there. Uh, we could have do a pickup. Yeah. Okay. Do but uh, but but come up with super bad, but make yeah. it even more so. Sure. Okay. Do you, want, do you want me to notice it or not? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, well, also, you can't forget that she did uh, uh, Super Bad. She discovered like all those. Everyone in that movie became a big movie star eventually. We'll be right back after we're from our sponsors. You better not do a rug carpet. If you're looking for just the right flooring, you need choices. And at Marshall Carpet One, you'll certainly find them. And we're back. I can't believe you did that, even though I asked you not to. Or well, if I put in a real ad. <laughs> yeah. Congrats on that money. Buddy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but the, the reason I bring up Allison mm-hmm. is that is uh, that's who booked us for for Futile Super Gesture. Yep. Uh, she's been my biggest champion in this business. I've gotten more jobs from her than any representation. Oh, same here. I mean, she put me in Scott Pilgrim and also... Um, you were in Scott Pilgrim. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she did that. I mean, she does everything. It's basically like she's this entity where it's like, oh, we're going to do a big deal comedy. Who do we get? And then she's her name is just at the top mm-hmm. of the list. And it's amazing that she's a fan of yours because that's just means you're great because she has great taste. I, I, you know, you, you, we're in a, we're, you're told, you're, you want to have this spiritual acceptance of, you know, it doesn't matter what other people think. Yeah. And, you know, you could argue either end of that, but we're in a business where, <laughs> you know, paying rent matters what other people think. Yeah. And there are some people that you just like, eh, you, uh, I have a, this hoodie not passed at the comedy store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I wear it as, a, as an ironic badge. Like, you know, we all have our obstacles. This one's my, it's, it is, it's, who cares? I mean, I'd like to be passed there, but who cares? There are some things when somebody likes you, it's like, I remember I felt that way when I first met Blake Griffin. And I don't want to get into it now. I've talked about it on a podcast, but there's a saga. We talked about it when we podcasted together. We met do at Just for Laughs. We became buddies. Uh, we were going to maybe start a podcast together. He came to my house in the valley where he's ducking the entire time. Yeah. And then I got a little too familiar with him. <laughs> we kind of da-da-da. But the, we're friends again. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm friends with him. And, yeah. uh, but the point is, when Blake Griffin likes you, yeah. I'm the man. Yeah. Allison Jones is, is that. Yeah, and when she I, likes you. I don't want to leave out Ben Harris either. Her associate, he's a very, he's a huge part of the whole operation. Shout out to Ben. We'll put his Instagram handle up here, and we'd love to get Ben on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Love Ben. He's the best. I wanted to get back into the futile, but that is yeah. reminding me of a question I have for you. Uh, you have a a, ba- a, a a horrible story from Curb. <laughs> How do you know that? I don't know what my girlfriend told me. How, how does she know? She helps me with the podcast. She helps me. She helps me pick guests and research guests, and she's helping produce stuff. But she told me that, and I didn't even ask her what it was. I wanted to ask you, but well, that's another show. Allison casts is Curb, uh, and and ba- I bring that up just ba- real quick because uh, I just had an audition for it uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and me I, too. I did well, probably the same role. President Netflix. Oh no. Oh, okay, different. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> um, 
I'll tell my story after, but I, I auditioned with, like, you're supposed to put it on tape, but it's heavily improvised. Yeah, yeah. So you, who am I going to do this audition with? Somebody who's going to be trying to be funny? Uh, ben did it with me, and Ben, he does a great Larry. I did it with Ben, too. He was amazing. In fact, when I watched it back, I said, you're better in this than I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> he can't even see his face. That's why we didn't get it. Yeah. Just cast him. Jesus. So tell me the story. It's just I'll never forget it because it was the worst moment of my there, I've had I had two worst moments of my career where I was just like humiliated. And that was the far and away the worst thing that ever. So will you explain also what the setup for that type of audition is? Yeah, and how different it is. So uh, when you go in for Curb, you're auditioning with Larry in the room and with, um, you know, what's his name? Jeff Schaefer. With, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Other Jeff. Um, oh, Jeff Garland. Jeff, Jeff Garland. Shaver is, is one is the EP on it. That's oh, it is. oh, I thought yeah. you were talking about. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so, so you're already freaked out because they're in there and like you know it's Larry and oh my god, how are you ever gonna much less be in the same room with them? But he's doing the scene with you. And the other thing is, there's no uh, script for the audition. They hand you a note card when you get to the waiting room that says sort of what's happening in the scene. You're like a two sentence situation, maybe one key word exactly. that they're gonna play with. So I was going in. This was during the season where they were like rebooting Seinfeld in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Greatest season of television of all time. It's unbelievable. And there's a part where uh, Larry uh, goes, Larry and Jason Alexander go have lunch and they split the bill and Jason Alexander tips very well and Larry tips very poorly. And the waiter sort of notices it. And so the scene we were auditioning for is Larry has now come back to the restaurant by himself and you remember what a bad tipper he is. That's it. That's all you get. You're serving Larry. He has tipped you poorly in the past. That's it. So I'm in the waiting room, like sweating bullets. There's a lot of like impressive people there. And the person before me is Chris Parnell. Okay. Who's like, you know, one of the, so he's a clip of him asking you if you play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's killing it. He's, he's just knocking it out of the park. They're laughing so hard. You can hear everything through the door. They're like gasping for air. They're laughing so hard. He's amazing. He's obviously he's unbelievable. And by the way, he did not get it. Uh, so he comes out of the room and as the door is like swinging open, you can hear them like, (laughs) you know, this like still dying down. And then, uh, you know, seconds later, they call my name. And when I walk in, like Larry has his glasses off and he's like cleaning the tears off his face or whatever. And, um, the first thing Allison says is, uh, oh, sorry, Allison's not even there. Allison is not there. So I walk in the room, and Jeff looks at his piece of paper, and he's like, oh, Nelson. This is Nelson. And he turns to Larry, and he's like, this is the kid that Allison was talking about. We know you're un- incredible, buddy. I, we know you're great. Allison said uh, great things about you. Uh, and look, you know, no pressure on this audition. If this doesn't go well, I'm sure we'll work on something in the past. Just know that we we already love you. And so this is like the worst setup ever. It's like that sounds like the best setup ever. No, because I have to meet these expectations. All right, and I'm also I'm not trying to be super vain here. I'm just explaining the setup to my the worst failure of my entire life. So I'm already stressed out because Larry's there. I'm already stressed out because Parnell just killed it. Like, how could I ever top that? It's just never going to be like that. Even if I was as good as Parnell, they're already laughed out from literally 60 seconds ago when he left the room. So I do the scene, and it is just tumbleweeds. I get nothing. Um, I start to talk to Larry. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be a hero here. I'm just like lobbing softballs up for him like, oh, hey, uh, good to see you again. And he just sits silently, doesn't respond. I'm like, uh. So now I'm just trying to write this scene here without a, mm-hmm. you know, I get like three lines into it. And Larry goes, you know what, stop. You came into the scene camera right i want you to start again and come in from the other side and i was like uh, okay sure so i do it again i made some 
I tried to do some bit about Bernie Madoff because that was happening. Like maybe hit, maybe Larry's money got tied up in that, and that's why he couldn't tip me so well. Just oh right, that was in the season. Just, oh, was it really? Yeah. Uh, did you not know that? Do you think they took oh, it God, from you? Maybe they stole it from uh, me. There was the line uh, that was Cheryl's big laugh. Oh. Uh, something um, because uh, uh, in the character in the Seinfeld reunion episode, um, George he goes Madoff. Because George got all his money taken yeah. from some Ponzi scheme, but but Cheryl, who they got divorced, and she took half of his money, yeah. did in, invested it better, took the money out or something. Right. Okay. Anyway, so I got you know I, I sort of limp my way through the scene. Larry says like three words the whole t- you know like I'm trying to have a conversation with this guy. He's just shut it down, and uh, you know I, I sort of like like limp to the finish line. It sort of ends in a weird way, and uh, Jeff's like, okay. Maybe next time. And I just leave the, you know, like, I've never heard no in the room before. That was the first time. <laughs> and it was just so horrible. You know, it's like Larry David, he's my hero. Also, he's like, I don't know how much of a dick he is in real life. I don't know the guy, but it was, I felt like he was a big time that he was being really mean. But uh, it was horrible. It was so horrible. And I, after I got out of there, I wrote an email to Allison Jones apologizing. And I yeah. said, I embarrassed you today. You oh. sent me straight to the producers. There was no tape preceding that. Uh-huh. You talked me up. And I just fucking... Did she write you back? Yeah, she said, who cares? Yeah. Fuck him. She's great. Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I um, Hearing that story, it doesn't sound as bad as knowing having had gone through something like that. Yeah. Like, that's like, yeah, it's just like you didn't... That wasn't the right role for you in the right day. Who cares? Yeah. But it's with Larry. Ugh, yeah. Uh, um, and have you auditioned with Larry again or just the Zoom one? Just the Zoom one from the other day, yeah. Yeah. I've had three auditions for Curb. Um, I've never been back except for this thing. Let's go ahead. So you're yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, most recent one was Zoom, not with Larry, but the first two were with Larry. And uh, I didn't obviously get any of them, yeah. but still the coolest experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Oh, you loved it. I loved it. Wow. I felt differently about Larry. Yeah. I thought Larry was what we see on television. Yeah. And he, uh, you know... No disrespect. I had a better. I mean, I didn't get yeah, it, but I'm sure uh, he was laughing a lot. Oh, see, that's amazing. And uh, but I, I, I and that still feels great. But what I heard after that was Larry is a laugher. Larry laughs a lot. Okay. Um, but <laughs> our job usually, when it's a role that we would be going in for on that show, mm-hmm. is not to be funny. Mm-hmm. Our job is to create a grounded environment for him to be able to pick apart. Yeah. So. Not knowing anything, you have great instincts. I'm sure you you didn't do well. No, based on what your your feelings were. But yeah. also, there is a world where you did exactly what you're supposed to do, but he couldn't play into that scene with you. Yeah, there was no chemistry for that scene. Yeah, because I feel like the regrets I have for my curb auditions, and I realized this after the first one, and then going to the second. I don't be funny, Rick. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going into the second, but I got some great laughs from him for the first one. So yeah. I wanted him again. And then the third one was, do not be funny. And then the third <laughs> one was, I, was, I wasn't funny. Yeah. I was nothing. I, it was bad. I just was. But you're, we're not supposed to be funny in that, that room. Yeah. Yeah. Parnell I mean, got laughs. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. Exactly. He was way too funny, I guess. Jeez. I think our job for Curb Your Enthusiasm is... One thing is to be as believable as possible and to give him a stage. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I, 
But I learned my, le- I mean, you know, that's my whole gig on Veep was just Mr. Straight Man for seven years. And that's all. I mean, I got into it eventually. I just didn't, I just, I was too young. I look back on my early jobs and I'm always, I always regret everything. Even if they were fine, I'm always like, oh, Jesus. How so? Your choices? Your comedic choices? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I just feel like I am wasn't as good back then, you know? I guess that's good, right? You got better? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I hope so. You're, uh, y- you went to drama school. Yeah. But was comedy the plan? Uh, I guess so. I mean, you know, I think that you have a much harder job than me because you are a comedian, right? You mean stand-ups? Not even stand... You know, I just think the umbrella of comedian, it's like stand-up, it's like you're doing this podcast, it's like doing shows every week. Maybe it's not stand-up, but it's like improv shows or sketch shows. Uh, And just the self-promotion and the touring and everything. I'm literally just sit at home and wait to get a fucking phone call and then I go audition. Tell me the difference between what you're saying. You're saying doing live shows versus just... On, on camera yeah i guess so yeah i mean i love doing live shows and you I, used to I, do stand-up right uh you know i i, I the, at best i dabbled when i lived in new york still um i went to nyu i went to tish drama school shout out to tish by the way we'll put their instagram handle up <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> um what uh what did you what was the point of drama not the point that sounds so condescending or judgmental like why drama school did you want to be an actor yes and it wasn't necessarily comedy uh, not necessarily, no. You know, when I was in high school, I was a big, big, big nerd. Um, you know, I had like... You got a pic? Sorry? We have, a, we have pictures? Do you have pictures oh, of you? Oh, yeah. I'll send you something. Great. Just look at this one. Or this one over here. <laughs> Just put two dicks <laughs> again. <laughs> With glasses. <laughs> yeah. No, I was so awkward. I had my hair parted down the center either side, and I had the braces like the entire time I was there in high school. And, you know, I had two friends... I was into playing, you know, online role-playing games, and I had a, like, 4.0 GPA. I was, like, a big-time, you know, shy, quiet, studious kid. Uh, and then I tried to take an art class as an elective in high school, and it was full. So they dumped me into the – because I was a freshman. I get You get the low priority, and they dumped me into the next available – This oh, is high school. This is high school. Ten minutes down the street, I went to Campbell Hall High School down here. Shout out to Campbell Hall. Shout it out. Shout it out. Um, so you felt you would you accidentally went to drama in ninth they, grade? They put me in the drama class. Next thing you know, you're bombing in front of Larry. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I had like an anxiety attack, and I told my dad, "You can't. You got to call the school and get them to take me out of this class." And my dad was like, "No, I think you should do it for a little while because you, you know." I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. but this your dad is a is a writer. Yes, he's he is. done like awesome. He's written for Bill Murray and and yes, uh, yes. Steve Martin. He's a industry dad, or is he just somebody who got some jobs and now you know do whatever you do? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He got some jobs in the No, I'm saying like like um there are people who grow up in the shadow of or mm-hmm. their dad wants them to do this or to not do this. Right, right. I can't believe my dad encouraged me to uh continue acting. I mean, for him he just thought it would be a way for me to like come out of my shell a little bit and that was it. Absolutely. That was the first time I started making friends and talking to girls and like it was it opened a huge door for me and doing the school the high school plays and musicals. Do you sing? Uh, terribly, sir. Terribly. Show, show me. Show you. Is there anything you could sing? No. Okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, every song I sang in the high school musicals, they had to like tune it down four octaves or whatever. I mean, you can hear my voice. Ridiculous. Um, and so I think he just, and he enjoyed it. He thought I was good in the plays or whatever. And I told him I want to go to acting school. And he was like, sure. Didn't even flinch. I would, I would like have a really hard time telling my son, yeah, you should pursue a career in acting. <laughs> Tell me how it helped you talk to girls and get confidence. Uh, I did scenes with girls and I had to talk to them and I had to rehearse with them outside of class or like, 
you know, we would like meet up in the study hall to like go over our lines and shit. It was just stuff that we had to do as like homework. And literally the first time I was ever like hanging out with girls by myself and stuff. And it was, and I liked it instead of shying away from it. It was good. So they like you, did they think you were good? Yeah, I think so. So you're you're like good at something. Yes, exactly. I found, I found a niche, which I had, did not have before. You know, I was just blindly doing all my schoolwork and being like, this is the path to success or whatever. But I didn't find a thing I was into until that happened. How long were you doing plays until you decided that you wanted to go to uh, college for this? Uh, I guess, you know, in my high school at Camel Hall, they did, um, they did one play and one musical each year. And I did the play and the musical the first year. I did the play and the musical the second year. So I guess my junior year, I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. And I didn't know I was going to be doing comedy. I thought I was funny. And when I went to Tisch, uh, it was all very serious. I went to the Stella Adler School of Acting, shout it out. There's six or seven different acting schools within Tisch. And I went to this one that was very serious, and they forced you to only do classics for two years. I want to, but I don't know where it is, and it would waste too much time. But I have to acknowledge, I want to snap to a St- Stella Adler book that I have somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Art of Acting, maybe? Something like uh, that. Yeah. yeah, The Art of Acting. Yeah. But I, since I moved, I don't know where it is. Yeah. I could have had you sign it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so they were very, they were dead serious over there. You could only do classics for two years. What's Nothing a classic? like Shakespeare, Moliere, Chekhov, the old shit, wild. Um, and I was feeling suffocated. I was just doing Shakespeare all day long, every day. And I was like, I need an out. So me and my friends, we made a sketch comedy group and we became fully invested in that just as much as school. Um, what year is this? This is 2003 through 2006? This is, I went to, uh, I graduated high school in 03. So this is like, Oh four. Oh four. Yeah. Uh, so oh four. That is uh, pre YouTube. Like YouTube's yeah. about to come out in a couple years. So your sketches were not video sketches. These are stage shows. We uh, did make video sketches that we just uploaded onto our own website. Um, our sketch group was called Back of the Line, which I we voted on it. I didn't like that name. But is, it, is the URL still up? Oh wow. I don't know. I have to Google this. Do you think you have any sketches? Could, could I show anything? Yeah, I'll find something for you. If not, buy this mattress. Hey, Betty. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> you know how I don't like going to the grocery store? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it just puts a real drag on my day, doesn't it, babe? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? Oh, what is the good news? Well, the good news is HelloFresh is now a sponsor of Take Your Shoes Off podcast. Have you heard of HelloFresh? Have I heard of them? Yes. Then you know HelloFresh is America's number one meal delivery kit with over 90% of their ingredients sourced directly from farmers. Your ingredients come pre-sized, so there's no waste. And what's great about this is there's no commitment. You could easily change your delivery days or skip a week just like that. Wow, that's even better than I thought. And I'm looking at the website and Mindy Kaling's done a collaboration with them. Wait, Mindy Kaling? The writer and actress from the hit series The Office? Yeah, have you seen? Well, that's the bad news. Remember I said there's good news and bad news? The bad news is The Office is now only streaming on the Peacock Network instead of Netflix. Oh. Yeah, I almost forgot to tell you guys about that. Mm. Yeah. So. Okay. So while you're at home not watching The Office on Netflix, keep in mind that because they pre-measure so there's no waste, HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than going to your grocery stores and over 70% cheaper than going to a restaurant. Cook delicious meals while saving time and money. America's number one meal delivery kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Tyso12 using promo code Tyso12 for up to 12 free meals and free shipping on the first meal kit. That's HelloFresh.com slash Tyso12 use promo code Tyso12 for 12 free meals including free shipping.
I remember taking Spanish in high school and getting kicked out of class for being too good looking, but it was hard to learn a new language. One minute you have to add an O at the end of the word, and the next minute you're sent to the principal's office for being too loud and annoying. What's great about Babbel is you don't have to go to the principal's office and it doesn't feel like school. It's easy. They're little games. They're 15 minute little games that teach you real conversational skills, and they don't use AI like other language learning apps. They're built by people to use conversations that you would actually use in your everyday life. I don't need to know if the cheese is old and moldy. I've never used that sentence before. That's from Encino Man, Betty. I just remember the cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom, please? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Or should I say, puedo ir al baño, por favor. Mm. With Babbel, you could choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, German, and Taiso. What's a Taiso language? Uh. We'll put in a fart sound effect, okay? Perfect. Per fart. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Hey, Betty, guess what? Um, you learned to speak French? We learned to speak French. Oh. What do you guys think? Should I have left that part in? If you think I should have left that part in, comment we. If you think that could have been taken out of the commercial, go to babbel.com and use code TISO for an extra three free months. That's six months for the price of three. Go to babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com and use promo code TISO. And we're back. That was hysterical and or very comfortable. <laughs> I got to, as an aside, why is it called Marshall and not Glassman? It's a great question. Okay. Uh, I would love to do a produced, like, um, the way Tony Stark's dad, uh, uh, is his name Tony also? Is he Tony the second? Yeah, is he Tony Stark Jr. or is it just because of Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> Mr. Stark, yeah. uh, when you, you know, he's talking to camera uh, in like that, you know what I'm talking about? You get it. If you don't, we'll cut to a clip um, of like doing a documentary. You know, it's an interesting, but my dad's uh, best friend, Mark, um, He's in the carpet business. Mark's father, Marshall, created it. Uh, I did an episode at Marshall Rug Gallery in the 90s. I don't know. I love it. I, I, was, at, I was at home. Um, Mark Norman. Do you know Mark Norman? I don't know him personally, but I know him. Stand-up comedian yeah, yeah. who also, in the past year or two, has become like both underground and very popular. Mm -hmm. Like the... He does great online, and he does, he's great on podcasts, and like a lot of his stuff go viral. Um... I say that because he draws a great audience mm. and he was in Cleveland when I was doing a show. So we did a podcast at my dad's rug store <laughs> and people thought Marshall Rug Gallery was a fake place because I keep doing this commercial <laughs> where it's a real local commercial. I do the voice of it. You're, so it seems like it's fake. You do an excellent voiceover. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, people saw it like we didn't know it was real and they were very excited about it. So the next week I did one with my dad, Mark and me. Uh, in the back offices just at the rug store. And it was a great... I love how I feel like I have this Tyso universe built. And because I've introduced my family, now it's not like this, oh, we had this big guest and now it's a dad. People are into it. So yeah. th it did well. Um, anyway, I just, I'm plugging that episode, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. uh, Mark's dad started this carpet store. My dad, was, my dad was in the restaurant business. He got out and didn't have a job. And... Uh, uh, him and Mark and his brother, blah blah blah, they created the carp, the, the rug section. So there was only flooring and tile, like flooring and tile. Then it was rugs. Technically, it's Marshall Carpet One and Rug Gallery, hmm. but I have, you know, I'm a rug guy. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, nice rug. Thank you. Nine thousand dollars. No, no, I'm joking. But uh -huh. also, it's like a 
$4,000 rug, so it's, I could have just said 4000 Is it like, why is it so expensive? Egypt or something? What is it? Or maybe it's 3000 I don't know. There, uh, it's yeah. just a hand-knotted mm-hmm. uh, I mean, something or other. It's beautiful. I, would, I could never make something. If I made this rug, I would charge $10,000. <laughs> yeah, it would just, just like... It would look, it looked, I couldn't think of how to describe how it would look. But no, I'm an excellent loomist. Uh, if you never got into drama... Yeah. Uh, I have a very sophisticated rug palette because in college I worked at my dad's rug store mm-hmm. and I would I would be the one who delivers and moves the furniture and I, I've got a good taste. I've been in the most beautiful homes mm. and I've got a good taste of like really nice rugs. So like I I have this new place and I'm very happy in this new place. It's nothing huge, but before this I was in this one bedroom apartment that the nicest rugs like I felt like the rugs I have in the, who gives a fuck I remember I mean look I've seen your old episodes of your podcast you always had lovely rugs in your old place I just love a rug yeah but it brings the whole room together as they say from Big Lebowski I guess so yeah <laughs> were you in that no sadly no uh, I, I digress too much with Marshall you asked a question yeah uh, you're in drama school yeah um, so I'm doing sketch comedy on the side too. that's Marshall Carpet One <laughs> and Rug Gallery so uh, you're doing drama you're good at something yeah. You getting like your accent? Yeah, a little bit. In high school? Not in high school. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I lost my virginity in high school. Yeah. But did you get a blowjob until college? I got a blowjob before then, yeah. Cut to a clip? Got no clip for that, sorry. I mean, you could maybe animate it. Uh, That's too much work. Yeah. Drawing my dick alone would take months and months and months of work. Wait, is that because it's a complicated dick? <laughs> Just the square footage, you know. It's too Big dick? Yeah, huge dick. You play ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, um, I, I, I go through this all the time, and, and, and it's not going to change. But, Rick, that episode was so funny. Or, Rick, why do you have to ruin everything with jokes? And I don't know the fucking difference, man. Watch another podcast, yeah. you cunt. Yeah. Not, not the audience. I'm saying you. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> but sometimes I catch myself like, oh, it's a bit much. Do you feel like that, that, that happened so far? Here's what I felt happened. I'm interested in what you're telling me, and that yeah. is the best case scenario because yeah. then it's like, that's if it's interesting, nothing else matters. Yeah. Find jokes, that's great. Um, but then there are certain moments where it's like you take a swing, and if you hit, that's what makes this podcast special. And if you don't, this is why I can't watch this podcast. <laughs> and yeah. I felt myself is a bit much with rugs and me. That's okay. I was I was into it, but if you felt it, I know it, I know the feeling you mean. It's always the worst feeling if you're doing any job and you're like, oh, I see my what I'm doing right now. You you lose the moment. You know what I mean? But I don't know it. But my in, I don't know if I do. Oh, like you saying you saying that'll happen, but you won't realize it's happening. I, I, I'll get an, I'll get feedback from people. Mm. Um, where it's only worth what it's worth, which is at the least something sometimes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and my whole life, I just like was oblivious to things. And I think I was great. So either I got lucky or it didn't matter. And here we are. Yeah. But there's like this overcorrecting I'm, I'm catching myself doing of like trying to understand other people's perspectives. I yeah. can disagree, but I'm trying. There's so much to calculate. And like I had somebody on the I had a, a Blake Anderson on from Workaholics. I watched that episode. Yeah. Did you watch the whole episode? I got about 45 in before about I... About an hour in. Okay. Uh, he, he talks about something with depression. Mm. And I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but then organically it goes a little bit away. And then I... Hey, could we... I, I want to hear... He brought it up. I want to hear about this. And 
he didn't want to talk about it. It didn't feel as much he didn't want to talk about it because it was private as much as this is a comedy podcast. Let's be funny. Yeah. So I wanted to create a safe space to be like, we don't have to, but I mean, we get into this a lot on my podcast. There's a little bit of a nothing. It's fine. It just took a little bit to get there. Yeah. Um, and he finally was like, he's about to talk. And I had set up earlier. I, I had the, my thing of chapstick. And I, I did a fart button. Yeah. Yeah. And he shit on him. And that was hysteric. People lost it. One of the greatest inventions ever. Yeah. I love that. So now uh, I'm joking, by the way. I do love it. I love fart and shit humor. Like that's my number one thing. Oh, boy. Do you mind that we made a cum? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting. That but, was my shit face. All right, go ahead. Go but ahead. we finally get to the point where he's like, I was eight years old. And then I, I mean, not that intense, but you know. Yeah, yeah. And then I go, Ugh! <laughs> right? Now, depending. <laughs> Just look, at, look at my reaction to that. I didn't even see it. I'm laughing my ass the, off. But. Here's, here's a great direction note to people. Uh-huh. The audience will feel not what they would feel, but what the reaction shot tells them. Mm. So if, I, if it's getting serious, I do this, and you laugh at it. They think it's funny because they're living through the, you. True. But if you are, now I'm an asshole. Yes, you're right. But I, I did the same thing. I don't know how you're going to respond. You're totally right. And I never thought about it that way. But you're doing your thing. That's all you can do. I read the couple of the first comments on that Blake Anderson episode, and it's like, oh, awkward, this is awkward, or whatever. Who fucking cares? Like, you know, but well, at you, a certain point... I have to consider it. Yeah. The truth is, um, the thumbs up on that were 98 some percent. Almost everything was positive. Sure. But there are some. So I just, it's, but, it's just data. It's worth data to collect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But reaction shots are so important. And, and the conversations, I, I want to do like, Patre- I do Patreon exclusive episodes. And I've done a few like with behind the scenes stuff, people who help me edit and people who I, I don't know if they'll get as big of numbers, but they're interesting conversations. And, the conversations I have of how important the camera switches are on this to show like you doing this, we need to have that. Mm-hmm. And also if you, I, we, I want the audience to know what, if it makes me, me look bad or good, I want them to know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And that gets dangerous because mm. when you see somebody get uncomfortable now it wasn't rick made a choice it was rick made somebody uncomfortable yeah and i listen i also have to give credit to the people who are uncomfortable because my default setting is i'm a people pleaser i want to make you happy even if i was uncomfortable i would probably just fake it and laugh it off you know you you as a a drama man you may have forgotten because of the uh, being on stage it's a little different Mm. the audience knows Mm. when we're close enough on you you have to be doing a performance <laughs> yeah, for them okay. to not know. Even, even just the things you don't do. Like if if the energy shifts, if if you're if you're talking different or if you're looking away, it's just obvious. Mm. I also just want to say, after having a hundred episodes of this show, yeah, everyone should know what they're in for. I don't. You know? Here's the truth, and it's it's something I have to remind myself. There's probably a lot of people who don't... That's their first episode. Yeah. They came sure. to see Blake. Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy pooping on Blake when he didn't want to talk about that stuff? Yeah. I see that. I and see then that. I get insecure. Like, I had such a good time. Do you... Did I upset you, guest? You know what I mean? Yeah. I had Will Forte on. Yeah. Um, and who I met on Futile. Yeah. And... Yeah, we should talk about Futile. Whatever. Uh, Go on. I had such a great time with him. My girlfriend watched a moment that happened. And he, she felt a little bit bad for Will. 
And I called Will and I asked and he said, no, it was fine. I, I know what you were. And, but the time before calling Will to mm. then I was so hot. Yeah. Basically, it doesn't matter. I don't need to get into it now. But I didn't. There, I did not watch that one. Just saying. There, were, there was a, a part in the middle where I felt disconnected from him, mm. and I also felt like this is Will Forte. This is a this is a big get. I want to, I want this to be a big episode. So, in an attempt to get us here, I, you know, hey Will, <laughs> you know, like I got a little yeah. a little aggressive. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't want to talk too much about it. It's okay. I love him. Uh, he, you know, him coming in MacGruber is like made me the, laugh the hardest in my whole life. I him think. coming in MacGruber? Yeah. He's he's like fucking a ghost. Oh, literally coming. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he meant like came to set as oh, MacGruber. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. It's like top three moments. Uh, but I know the feel like this is another part of your personality that I don't possess. At, well, maybe just not as much as you. But the confidence to like... Uh, you know, like when you have guys like Larry Charles on the show, it's like, yeah, maybe I would have worked with Larry Charles one time, but I would never have the balls to then like, hey, can I get your number? Hey, you want to come to my house one Instagram. day? Instagram. Instagram. Okay. Even still, it was, it's a big reach for me. And so I'm glad you had Will on. He's such a good guy. Uh, Will came as uh, he did a MacGruber. We did, he? Did, we did a bit where uh, they're filming a MacGruber, a new MacGruber, but it's very low budget. Yeah. So everyone is wearing the same costume and he had a bacon costume. <laughs> And just right away, improvising, mm. he's doing all these bacon puns. In ca- he's just, oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, sorry, I, I, maybe I derailed what we were talking about there. You're you know, just talking about how you feel uncomfortable sometimes with guests, and that makes other people uncomfortable. You know, and you felt you had a moment with with me earlier where you disconnected or something. I didn't. It wasn't that. It was right. just. It was just like uh, having a conversation is fine. You know, like we take swings. We 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 are boring. We uh, we were too much or whatever, and then you like it, you know it ebbs and flows. It's fine, but when you're putting out the product, you want it to. And I just felt myself a little too much. Sure. Even now, I'm feeling like I'm dissecting too much. Well, let's move. Let's move forward. We'll, we'll no, <laughs> we'll move forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do want to comment on one more thing. Sure, please. Anything. Uh, the confidence that and it is. I have this confidence, this fearlessness. Yeah. But it isn't. It isn't fearlessness. It's deferred. Fear or uh, it, it's deferred insecure. Like, are you projecting that you're that kind of person so that other people believe that about you? No, no, it's uh, very real. What oh. happens is I am here with you. I'm making choices. Uh, it, you know, if there's something that I disagree with, I'm I'm vocal about it. If there is a, a joke I want to make, I make it. And then you leave, and almost like if you put your hand on the stove, but you don't feel it for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then like, what did I do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and another problem with that is. When you feel it, you at least take it off right away. Mm-hmm. So if I got uncomfortable, I could have stopped in 20 seconds. But here I am, seven minutes later, <laughs> still, I have no idea. I'm going to have to bandage my hand in 10 minutes. Yeah, interesting. But yeah. I think that's part of, I don't know. I, that is part of it. Look, it happens to me all the time when I do a day of work, and then I come home and I get super high. All I can do is dissect everything I did that day. I'm like, what an idiot I am. Fuck, I'm an idiot. And Are you that, ever happy with, with what you've done? Yes, sometimes I am. I, you know, a lot of, some actors say like, I never watch what I do. I haven't. Oh, I never saw that movie because I was in it. I don't watch my own performances. I think that is like, cuckoo. I'm sure there have been people on this, but I watch it three, four times, watching everything. Oh my, what did I do there? Okay, yeah, I'll do that again next time or whatever. I'm like picking it apart, mm-hmm. and every once in a while I will watch something and I'm like, yeah, nailed it. That's great. What is something that you were in that you nailed? There are particular moments in Veep where I'm like, fuck you. You're yeah. very good in it. Thanks, man. I don't want to. You know, it's Why? just, it's like, 
everybody on that show is like a fucking rock star, you know? And so for me, it's mostly just trying to keep up and not like fall behind them. And so every once in a while, I'm like elevated into their like atmosphere and I feel like oh yeah I was able to keep up with whoever the hell the scene was and that's a big achievement that's what a great show is Mm. like you on a great show and or with great direction Mm. makes you look not taking away from what you did you're you're so good in it but I'm just saying like it's it's ironic to feel like uh uh threatened or uncomfortable because we're around these great people but no 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 you like if you're on a team you want the the best players yeah and it's just I don't know. It's like, uh, it's just, I haven't worked on, have I? I guess that with Larry Charles. Yeah. Is the, I've, but I've never worked on something like that. Right. I've never worked on something like that. Could you? What I about kind of, a few tiles kind of like that? Um, yeah, but, but, but Veep, you, like, you're watching the show. Mm-hmm. And then you enter the world. Even yeah. though you were in the beginning, but like. I don't know what Futile is going to be like. I'm, I'm with the people. I've worked with those people. Mm-hmm. But like to go into something that you're already a fan of this world. It's already been created. But my question, and I kind of asked her earlier, could you compare guesting on a show that is with Julie Louise Dreyfus versus a show that, you know, it's a paycheck? Yeah. And do you feel more of a responsibility? Does uh, that make sense? More of a responsibility on the paycheck show or on the Julia show? On... Uh, on the Julia show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, guest starring on TV shows is how I make my entire living, essentially. You know, that's all I do. How many do you do uh, on average a year? Somewhere between 15 and 25 episodes of whatever. Of two Just, to three shows? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, it's going to be slower for me these days because a lot of my shows went down. Like Veep is over and New Girl is over, and in the in the heyday when all these shows are still going, yeah, I'll be doing, I'll be working every single month of the year, and that's like bananas. Could, but do you mind answering a money question? Yeah. Yes, you mind? I don't mind. No. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, guest star normally, like if it's mm-hmm. not somebody who's established, there's a you usually get a, a SAG minimum. Yeah. Which I don't know what it is. It's like five thousand ish, five to seven. It's less. Uh, for a week of work? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's like 2500 Um, But then people who have either they're reoccurring, like they need this person, and or they're an established person, it could be a lot. Yeah. Um, have you noticed your rates going like this over the years, or is it still depending on the show? It's My rates always go up on shows that I've been on for a while. Like, my blackish rate is very high. But if I do a guest star, like I just did an episode of a show last week where I'm, yeah, I'm getting 2500 for the week. Because what show? It's a new one. Um, the working title is Hacks. Um, it's a show about uh, starring uh, Gene Smart. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't just, know the show. Uh, it's a great show. It's another um, Mike Schur show, uh, but it's it's um, it's a show by Paul Downs and Lucia and Yellow, and they are like an I guess they're not married yet; they're engaged, but they're this unbelievable. You would know Paul Downs because he played the trainer in Broad City. Uh, and I never watched Broad City. Oh, that's a good one. I, I hear. I mean, look, if you don't know that show, then you probably don't know him. I'll know when I look up to put pictures up. He's unbelievably funny. He's unbelievably talented. And his uh, his partner, uh, Lucia, directed almost all those episodes of Broad City. They were very much part of the Broad Lucia, City. Lucia, is that... I'm taking a big swing here. Yeah. But is she directing the the new cliffhanger? Oh, my God. No, I didn't even know there was a new yeah, cliffhanger. With, with, uh, with the guy from Game of Thrones and uh, Aquaman. You know, the whole... What's his, I don't remember his name. Momoa, Jason Momoa. Yeah. 
I did a movie with Jason Momoa that comes out this year. What movie? It's called Sweet Girl. It comes out on Netflix. You want to do a promo so when it comes out, we could run this clip? <laughs> sure. I'll put this. So if I know, if I remember when it's coming out, I'll do a commercial within whatever week's episode that was. Uh-huh. Say, um, I believe, I might be wrong, but I believe this is going to be episode 104. Okay. So what's up, everybody? It's Nelson Franklin from Take Your Shoes Off, episode 104. And I have some new, you know, whatever your version of that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. For, as an ad for Sweet Girl. Um, as an ad for Sweet Girl that I'll put in that week's Tyso. Great. Okay. You ready? Yes. Hey, everyone. It's Nelson Franklin from episode 107 of Take Your Shoes Off with Rick Glassman. Get excited. Get ready for Sweet Girl. Netflix 2021. There you go. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, and we'll put some music under it and yeah. maybe some like... You know, like war sounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rare job for me. It's like a dead serious dramatic action movie. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And did I, you become friends with him? Certainly not. But he was very nice. We got to get him on the pod. Oh God, that would be so great. Yeah, he's no, he's a lovely guy. I don't see why he wouldn't. Who cares? He seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, physically, he is one of these people where we're in the same room with him. You're like, oh. Jesus Christ, he's like a mountain, you know. And he wasn't the mountain, but he is like a, his own mountain. <laughs> um, he's huge. He's huge. But I've seen uh, him do uh, like a panel shows in Conan, and he's like ten years old. Yeah, well, he's a, he's a real fun, playful guy. And but you're tell I want you to go back to your. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're getting twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, sure. Now, that's worth it because also. Twenty five hundred dollars is, is is a lot of money. Oh yeah, for a week. That, if you made that every week, you'd be very happy. You know, but. I, I, I feel like I want the audience to understand the context sure. of when you only get so many shows with so many auditions, $2,500 is really sometimes, you know, the only job in two, three months if Absolutely. you're working a lot and you're giving 25% away usually to, to representation. Yes. It's not a lot of money. Of course, you're not going to turn it down. But is there ever where is the hey, I'm going to come in like market penetration and I'm going to do it for the lowest rate. To, to make the relationships and the connections and then hopefully become reoccurring versus when would you say as experienced as you are, hey, I can't do this for less than 7,000 or whatever. Yeah, it's if the show is good or bad. That's it. I mean, I never got a raise on Veep after seven years. They never paid me more than my, I think I made 3,500 was the most I ever made, which is, it's pretty fucked up. But they knew Right. That they had me by the balls. Everybody, they had everybody by the balls. Because who's going to say no to Veep? Everyone's dying to get on this fucking show. No one's going to say no because of the money. You'd be a fool. Do you think that that, that that's a, a shitty part of this business, or is that good for them for playing their cards right? For me, it was not shitty because I was enjoying myself so much. I would have paid them thirty five hundred dollars to be on the show. But yeah, that sucks. And I don't want to yeah. like. I know the producers of that show, and I have no ill will towards them at all. I love them. Uh, but it's, it's their job to keep it cheaper. Yeah, that's right. But. Um, but that's one of their flagship shows, you know. It's a little weird, yeah. Um, and yeah, that is weird, especially. Uh, and you were in it through for for every season. Yeah, yeah. Except for, I I left that show to be a regular on a different sitcom. So for the folks at home, you can guest star and they pay you low money, like twenty five hundred dollars. It's called scale for the week. Or if you're just doing one day, it's like twelve hundred dollars. Um, but if you were a regular on the show, a regular cast member who's in every single episode, then you're getting a quote that is astronomically higher than on that. On the low end, 20. Yeah, that's right. On the low end, 20, 25. That's where you're like first job territory. And then on the high end, it's $350,000 an episode or yeah. whatever. The big Which time. is incidentally what, uh, well, what's his name on Game of Thrones? Um, <laughs> Jason? Uh, no. Oh. Uh, 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 the the Lannister, the... Uh, Tyrion Lannister? Which one is is the is the first lead? 
I don't know what I'm allowed to say. What do you call them? Like, oh uh, boy, yeah. I like, yes, a little I'm person. Guess you're not allowed to say little people. You don't say that anymore. I think you say little people American. Get the fuck out of here! Really? No. Okay. <laughs> He's not even American. <laughs> you're right. Wait, isn't he? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is a little people American. Um, <laughs> which sounds the name of a Ricky Gervais show. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's Warwick Davis, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, he. Uh, I remember I, I found out he gets 350k an episode. And I remember thinking that's so low. It is for, for a, Game of Thrones. For Game of Thrones, like just for reference, like by the final season of um, Big Bang. Yeah, they were all getting a million dollars an episode. I mean, look, that's like season whatever ten or something. But that's also. It, that's also twenty three episodes. Yes, and uh, yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, no. yeah. So, so anyway, t- to answer your question, yes. If there's some shitty job that I get, or that I'm not even that I get, if I got a job, I would usually do it. But I'll get an audition, and my agents will say to me, like, you know, this is low, low money. Should we just ask for an offer? That's sort of the way I skirt saying no to stuff. Is like, yeah, just offer me yeah. the job. If they're going to give it. me minimum. Then yeah. if I don't have to audition, sure. Yeah. Because right. working's so fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. But auditioning is not fun. Uh-huh. And that's the real job. And for me to. Good. That's a good saying. It yeah. is. That's in a way. Yeah. That's the thing I'm the best at, I think, is auditioning. Uh, I don't get offers. Almost, I almost never, ever in my career. What I, makes you so good at auditioning? Obviously, you do 20 jo- jobs a year. What yeah. makes you so good at auditioning? Um, it's probably the same thing that makes you so good at auditioning and good at stand up. It's that you rehearse something, you rehearse the material that you're given, you make it good and you memorize it, but then you also make it seem new and natural and like that nobody's heard this material before. Uh, that's my whole goal with auditioning. I also ad lib a lot in auditions and do a lot of writing. How um, do you feel when, I mean, we're getting so inside, but I love this stuff. Yeah. Uh, there are jobs, especially for comedy, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to ad lib because they want to see yes. your voice. Um, but when when the writer's in the room, mm-hmm. sometimes it's if they don't tell you to ad lib, it's a dance. Yes. Do you ever? Do you have a technique? Yeah, I mean, God, such as like I'm so used to um, tuning everyone else in the room out, and so the writer might be grimacing his ass off or hating me or whatever. But I've just sort of erased him from my. <laughs> peripheral vision you know what i'm saying when you audition you're usually reading with a um, casting assistant and most of the time they're very flat and they're not actors that's not their job anyway a lot of my auditions are just like little one-man shows where i i run the whole thing with myself because you just pretend there's no scene partner because they're not giving you anything Mm -hmm. every once in a while you'll get someone great like ben harris who's like knocking out of the fucking park and makes you great or they'll they'll hire a reader to come in like when i got when I did that for Allison for the um, the uh, V pilot auditions. But most of the time, you're just talking to someone who's giving you nothing. So I sort of construct everything I want to have happen in my head. It's locked in, what, regardless of what the person in front of me does. Jesus Christ. That was a little refreshing. Um, and uh, sorry. You know what's funny? The only reason I did that is because I set up how that's not the right thing to do in that moment. And it yeah. still proved poorly. I'll be honest with you, Rick. I did lose my train of thought there. Um, you were talking about tuning, tuning them out other than with Ben. Right. Uh, you're tuning out the writer because you're... Oh, you're- yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's my trick. Here's my trick. I like to add material, add jokes, add lines. Sometimes when I feel like, oh, this would be better if blah, blah, blah. It, but and, yeah, if you think it could be better, sure. But do you ever force it to show what you no, could do? No, no. If it's great, I'm not going to touch it. Then why did you say sometimes? 
Uh, if it's funny enough as it is, then I won't touch it. But if it's oh, not, sometimes you'll add. Yeah, sometimes I'll add. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant some. Doesn't matter what I thought. Okay. Makes sense. But when I do it, I always add it in a place that will not throw the reader because that is an easy way to sort of fuck up the audition. If you if you're changing a cue line right. for the person, got to be in within the sentence. Yes, it's always at the end of a scene or within the sentence at a time where it's just not going to fuck up the flow of the yeah. audition. And I feel that makes it you can sort of get away with more that way. Yeah, it's a bit of a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had any experience where they tell you? You're prepping it with your your ways, and they say you got to do it. Yes, and and, the, and I always get a little embarrassed, and I'm oh no offense, I'm so sorry. I just and they're like yeah, because I never think of it as offensive, and some people are offended when you change their shit. Yeah, um, it's weird. Because our job at the moment in an audition isn't to put on screen your vision; it's to show you what we could do. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm trying to show you how how much of a real person I can be even in a scenario like this. And I wouldn't say this line. Me, Nelson, would not say this line in the way you've written it. And I want to make it more real and grounded. There's where it is, but they're not hiring you. To, um, I did uh, a couple of Intel commercials with um, Jim Parsons. Oh, sick. We'll be right back after a word from <laughs> Intel. Hey, the future. What's her problem? Apparently, I kept her up all night. She said the future freaks her out. How come no one likes me, Jim? Intel does. And we, uh, uh, he's awesome. By oh, yeah. the way, never met him. Yeah, awesome, a- and you know one of the more most successful sitcom actors of all time. And they, he was telling me because uh, he liked because we improvised on set or I was improvising on set, and he liked it and was asking me questions about improv, which is like you're you're yeah. you're literally on the the most <laughs> expensive comedy show of all time. Yeah, they aren't allowed to improvise commas. Get the fuck out of here. No, no words. Every comma, every period, every pause. It's it's almost like the, the script is choreography, not just the blocking. Mm-hmm. Which That's a Chuck Lorre show, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he has a formula that's working. Yeah. Uh, our job is to do what the show uh, for TV, what the showrunner wants of us. And if what he wants from us is to show Nelson and show Rick, but if what he wants from us is to dance mm-hmm. the way I want you, you know, make do this... It's a different skill set. Yes, it is. And I learned that the hard way. When I, I got on my first multicam sitcom, multicamera meaning live audience show, and it was called The Millers. Uh, it was a CBS show starring Will Arnett um, and Margot Martindale, two fucking national oh, treasures. With, with their Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised if Margot has one. Um, and I tested for that show. I auditioned. It was a Greg Garcia show who... Um, he did other things like uh, that Chuck show and some other shit like um, Raising Hope, stuff like mm-hmm. that. He's a good guy. So I, I went through my normal audition process. I auditioned for you know the casting director, and I ad-libbed in that audition. Then I got sent to producers, including him, and I ad-libbed a bunch in that audition. Then I tested for the show, and I ad-libbed during the test. And then after the first couple of days of working on this show, the script supervisor came to my... Uh, dressing room. I've had this experience. Knocked on my door and and was like, have a seat, Nelson. And I was like, oh, fuck. And she was like, Greg has been very displeased with the way you've been handling. And I was like, oh, whoa. And I said, what, what, what? And she said, you're not saying the lines as scripted. And I said, oh, really? And she said, last night you did your, your line. I'm just going to make this up because yeah. I can't remember. Your line was go over to the window and open it, please. And you said, hey, uh, could you go over to the window and open it, please? 
you added four words to that line. And I was like, oh my fucking God, I am in the twilight zone. Like I need to re I need to rethink everything and memorize this like Shakespeare, even though, you know, fuck you. Then when the show came out, the first two episodes that I had sort of like did my own thing, they kept all my jokes that I had like rewritten or whatever. Right. Anyway, some people have a hard time with that. And I, it was really scary for me. And I was pretty depressed because because, I was like, because somebody told you you're bad. Yeah. And I was like, the whole reason I'm here is because I thought this is what you wanted. Do uh, you question the script supervisor? Like, it, like, do you think that the script supervisor is using the Greg's name because you're making her job harder? Interesting question. I had not a thought of that. I've had experience where the script supervisor came to me doing their job. Yeah. Script supervisor, these are the words, you're on or you're off. Um, and uh, I said, oh, during rehearsal, we blah, blah, blah. She goes, oh, okay. Like, I had to tell her that. Yeah. Um, because there's four, 400 people on set and not everybody's communicating with one of course, another. Of course. Um, so, yeah, I wonder if Greg... That's a tough... I wonder if Greg ever said, I'm very disappointed in Nelson. Would you go tell him that? I mean, what the fuck? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe, think... Maybe she picked up on something. Maybe. But also, like, tell me. Tell me. Yeah. Like, don't... Yeah. Tell, tell me on day one. Yeah. And don't send, like, a third party to punish me or whatever. I was really sad after that, and uh, but Will sort of really picked me up. He's, like, fucking the nicest guy. It's so funny. Like, he reminds me of you and his confidence and his outgoing personality or whatever. And he's just the sweetest guy. And so are you. So I guess it's like a, a, a theme. What? The confident people are nice? Yeah, some of them are at least. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's least a ton the of fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so you, your bread and butter mm -hmm. is guest starring. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure, I don't want to speak for you, but if that's consistent, then that's a great living. Yeah, it's great. Is there a dream? Because, you know, are we allowed to talk about the movie you're about to do? Uh, I think... I think so. Yeah, I mean, my deal closed. I didn't ever sign an NDA. Yeah, why not? Uh, if for whatever reason, I'm sure there'll be an announcement then. But if for yeah. some reason, this will be out. In, you know, when it comes out beforehand, we could we'll just dub over the cat. We'll use the casting director's names <laughs> for what movie you're doing. But um, yeah, you're you're doing uh, the, uh, yeah. the new Lucy movie. I got in the uh, yes, I got a job in the new Sorkin movie, which is. Huge, incredible, uh -huh. incredible. With uh, Nicole Kidman as Lucio Ball. Is it Lu Lucille Ball? Yeah, she's uh, Irish. Uh huh. Lucio uh, Ball. And uh, that's like, uh, I am watching West Wing for the first time now. <sighs> Fuck yeah, dude. That's one of the all timers right there. It's unbelievable. And I, st and I still believe that there are a few perfect movies, The Social Network being one of them. You love The Social Network. It's, huh? I mean, anybody who doesn't love The Social Network, I feel like. You might not like country music, but you yeah. have to appreciate they're good at what they do. Like, yeah, that's yeah. a perfect... No, it's great. I, look, I'm a big Sorkin fan. I like guys like that, like Sorkin and Mammoth and stuff who are very... Look, those guys are particular about the writing, but you respect it because it's that good. Uh-huh. Not a lot of people on that level. You yeah. know what else I don't... I haven't talked about... No, I don't know if, who gives a shit when I talked about it, but like, it's not a talked about show that I loved yeah. was Newsroom. <laughs> Did you watch Newsroom? Remember that? I didn't that? watch a single episode. Oh, I'm so sorry. I love Newsroom. Yeah. I got close to getting on that show, actually. And they then gave I, it to Jeff Daniels. <laughs> I got close, and I spent time with Sorkin, and I read with him, and I thought I had a good thing going with him. 
Oh, cool. And then I didn't get the job. And this is something I do sometimes because I'm an asshole. I'm like, I'm not going to watch that show. And then I don't watch it because I feel frustrated that I got close and didn't get it. And I don't want to see what the other guy ended up doing. I've had uh, exes that were on stuff that after we broke up, I didn't watch it. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I, I've either seen it or I haven't because I haven't. But yeah. that's the closest I could get to connecting to that. Mm. But did, did your relationship with Sorkin help you get this job? I don't know because this was, again, this is COVID. So this is just the tape I sent in. But I, I always thought in the back of my mind, you know what, if I ever go out for something for him again, I bet he'll remember that we had a nice thing going. Or I didn't think people really booked stuff from tape. This is my first job. First job I ever booked from tape. And you've been doing tapes for years, I assume. Oh, yeah, for 13 years, 12 years, something. Yeah. I don't know one person who's booked a thing from tape. Because guys like you and me are good in the room. And that's what, you know, like I can schmooze up a room really well. And obviously you can do the same. Uh, and that's when when I first met you and I was all anxious and closed off in the waiting rooms because I was saving up all my energy to smooze, schmooze the real Smart, room. Smart, by the know? way. Now I can do both because I take some pressure off myself, you know. But um, Did I get in your way? No. No. Um, I used to, I think a lot of my worries back then was just worried I wasn't going to memorize it correctly. And so I'm always kind of like, that was sort of paralyzing to me. And I, that's why I couldn't like talk about other things and, and just mm -hmm. have a normal conversation because I'm tr focusing on the words. But I don't know if you've found this to be the case, but I'm, I've gotten better at memorizing over the years and now it's like not, it's less of a concern. Yeah, preparation is, is, you know, auditioning is the job. Yeah. You know, we can make whatever, uh, you know, uh, what a phrase or a saying, but uh, preparation is the job. Yeah. Um, learn your, learn your lines. Yeah. And understand just, you don't have to take a script analysis class, just know what's happening. Exactly. And, and then, then just be present and I mean, it's such a corny thing, but like, just learn your lines, learn your lines, learn your lines. And then there's, there's, I've gotten to the point now to where I, I get nervous all the time. Mm -hmm. I get nervous before auditions. Yeah. Uh, I get nervous before going up on stage, but I think that's great, by the way. I do too, because it gives you like that adrenaline rush. Exactly right. But if you're nervous because, you know, you want to shine and do well, then you're great. If you're nervous because you're unprepared, it's then it's just it's spiral city nightmare. Yeah. And uh, when you're prepared, and this isn't always the case, maybe, but you know we can we're humans. You go into a room, you're gonna do the best you could possibly do, and anything you do that's not good enough, you couldn't have done better. Right. So there's a little bit of like acceptance and confidence I have in the fact that, listen, I've, I've I'm prepared. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know how fun. I mean, booking stuff other than you is almost impossible. So just <laughs> yeah. do your thing. It is hard to book stuff. Um, but that energy I had in Undateable, I, I had done a few commercials up to that point. I haven't done anything. Yeah. I had my first pilot season and I tested for two things, Undateable and something else. Nice work. And thank you. I also felt that way. I felt like this is easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... I am so happy. I know this guy from the traffic light show and he's, and I want, you know, I mean, I'm playing basketball with comedians that like I, <laughs> I was fans of beforehand. I'm in the swing of things. Like you want to be my friend, <laughs> you yeah. know, like that was that energy. And if you came at me like that today, I would, yeah, I would say yes. And I think I wasn't in the right place. Maybe that's why we never became friends. I don't, I don't know. know if it was the right place. It was just what you needed at the time. Yeah. Um, but also shout out to Bill Lawrence, by the way, I don't know if you remember that audition, but I do very well because it was, you know, I, this was my first time doing this. Mm -hmm. He talks to you for a few minutes beforehand saying, uh, if you're not happy with the take, we'll just keep going. Yeah. That's so crucial. Do you remember that? I don't, but I, 
it seems like something. He was, he's a, I just remember him being very, very friendly and warm or whatever. And so that would be, that's great. Allison Jones does that. I feel like for, yeah. I'm never auditioning for Allison Jones. I feel like we're auditioning for the producers. Yes, exactly. You, you she, feel that way? She's on your side. She's uh-huh. trying to help you get this job, and it's not the other way around. You're, you're, she's not the one, the gatekeeper. Which, I, I've done takes where, uh, where I wasn't sure, and she said, we got it. And I, not, I go, great. Yeah. Um, and we've had takes where, uh, she just we like do it again like she doesn't just do this or for futile i i did at least two i'm not sure if it was three i think it was three mm-hmm. i auditioned she uh she wanted me to change my voice and i'm not good at voices so i got uh two different dialect coaches wow and i did it for about a week with different things i came back in yeah i auditioned twice mm-hmm. um and then they wanted me to uh she's like great we just want to make sure about the voice uh david wayne who told this story not in a while but before futile and stupid gesture when i moved here i had uh david wayne and edgar wright on my bulletin board the only two directors i had that i want to work with Mm. and now i'm facetiming with david wayne and his name is right there and we're doing voices and uh point being allison there's no nerves there's no nerves with allison yeah uh and ben it's just uh they're gonna get get it with me or she'll have me come back yeah uh but what was the point we were talking about? Sorkin, book, uh, auditioning on tape. Let me tell you about that. Well, along the lines of Allison Jones helping you out, let me tell you the first time I ever auditioned for Allison Jones. I, I graduated from college. I lived in New York for four years. I went to NYU. I gained a lot of weight. Okay, I'm 6'5". When I went to college, I was 175. When I graduated, 250. Okay. So I'm fresh out of school, and I... Um, from what? Drinking? It was drinking, but it was also like just the amount of food that's 24 hours in that city you cannot walk down the street without finding 10 things you want to eat i was eating like six meals a day when okay. i lived in new york and come out of class there's a hot dog guy yeah let's go give me a kraut whatever it was amazing and uh wait, i mean i shouldldn't say that that's like a what's ra- wrong not a racial slur for for sauerkraut Kraut? <laughs> is it kraut's like for germany yeah whatever just say kraut american <laughs> yeah I think of it yep. short for sauerkraut. Yeah, sour. That's what I meant. But I think you can call a German a kraut, and that's like a racial slur or something like that. Oh. So forget it. Forget I said that. Bleep it all out, or don't. Whatever. But um, bleep when you said the word German, but keep when I said it, so we know what he said. Yeah, yeah, good. Where was I going with this? Okay, so I see Allison. I auditioned for her. This is like my. She was my first audition as a professional. How'd you get an audition with her? It's very hard. She's like. It's like getting into a club to get to audition for Allison Jones. Yeah. Uh, How'd you get that? So I. I guess this is a bit of a longer story. You don't mind me saying this is sort of how I got started. Do you mind if I go pee? Yeah, please. Go for it, bud. Ooh. That feel, does it feel good, though? Yeah, but mm. I got to really go pee. Do I look like an asshole drinking out of the Hollywood I mug? Give, I always give my guests <laughs> either I have merch, uh, a goblin mug, or the Hollywood one. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I got to give a, uh, a, a plug to Blue Bottle Coffee. Um, I would love to get them as a sponsor, but I don't even know if they do that kind of thing. I am in the best mood right now. Mm. Uh, this is also great. Uh, <laughs> don't want to take away from the coffee or from you. But the combination of Nelson and some Blue Bottle, oh my gosh. Let me tell you, I am loving this coffee also. Isn't I, it amazing? It's really good. It's uh, called a New Orleans American. Mm, okay. And it's, uh, it's coffee with, I forget, some type of bitter, some sweetener something. Yeah, it's sweet. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. And I have been... So insecure this past couple months, <laughs> and podcasting just draws it out of me. Oh. And it's so nice to be, to be doing a podcast where we're like, you know what I think made me feel safe? Your understanding of, I, 
I'm allowed to swing and miss. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not as it's not as obvious to people. I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, it's the goal of any artist is just be yourself and do your own thing and forget everything else, you know, and I'm, I'm happy you're doing that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But it's and cool. also I've had some some like, uh, you know, like we don't know each other very well. Um, I feel like I know you better because I've watched a bunch of your podcasts. And so I love you said that to me. I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm I am bragging right now. But I asked I said I'm excited to have you over. And you said that you were a fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I believed you because you've you've commented on a few podcasts before. Yeah. It's so flattering when a peer <laughs> watches something you do. I agree. Um, but I've had some people on where I make some swings. And there are also people who are like, why are you coming over? <laughs> you know, why are you doing my podcast? <laughs> And then it's like, I want them to want to come back. And meanwhile, you know, I'm, I'm sweating while I'm having them get shit and cummed on. Yeah. And it's like, oh. <laughs> the podcast. But dude, we live in an era of podcasts and I'm just bored with the whole thing. Might as well spice it up. I don't care. Like, you know, I want to see people get shit on. Yeah. I, I, and I started doing it. Uh, people would like give me shit. Uh, you said it already too. Like there's something about farting that if you like farting. If you think it's funny, you have you're a good person. <laughs> I, I came up with this hypothesis earlier. People who like farts, it's not enough. You could be a good person without liking farts. Yeah. But if you take a sample, the percentage would be higher because people who think farting is funny, there's a childish part of them that they have mm. that just they like play and they like they like play. I strongly agree that it's a connection to the childhood or whatever. That's good. You're free. Ooh, if how fucking snooty do you have to be to be like <laughs> Farting is not funny. I think I think the 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 outlier is if you really do have a visceral reaction, like if if it grosses you out, like I think that's ridiculous. But you know, spiders gross me out, and other people think that's ridiculous. If you're chemically affected by it, then then fine. It's the people that ju- like that's hacky. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. A, a friend of mine once said, uh, "Shout out to Andy Kozel. Buttholes have the best comedic timing, <laughs> which is so funny. You, you never, it's never not funny. Yeah." Um, Let me say, sorry to cut you off. Go, go. I have two different farting apps on my phone, and I like to surprise my wife while we're in bed and stuff by triggering loud fart sounds. And does it come from your phone? Comes from my phone, but I like hold it under the covers and stuff. Can we we get an example? Yeah, I got to turn my phone on. Sorry. Um, I had an idea for a book I wanted to do, and I'm forgetting the term. It was uh, what's it called when people are like trying to destigmatize, normalizing. Mm. I wanted to do a book called Normalizing Farts, (laughs) and explain like um, how like. Okay, like coughing. I'm now coughing is oh, right. horrible, but like it's just a sneeze from the butt. It's coming out for a reason. It's the air needs to leave your it's body. It's supposed to be out, and holding it in is physically detrimental to your body. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry. Let me get in. Um. So uh, I before you play it, mm-hmm. I uh, do fart bits on here every now and then. Okay, and people will be like, not funny. So then I did, uh, I have this thing, which I'm, st- I'm still doing, but I got it out of me already. But go to rickglassman.com in the top, I have a thing where it's submit a fart. And I have people submitting, and all I ask is, people aren't listening, su- make it widescreen, you idiots. And I'm like now cutting to people farting, just as like a fuck you. You had a really good one in the Blake episode where this dude was like 11 out of 10 high in his bed. His eyes are barely open, and he farts, and he's like... That was for you, Rick. <laughs> that one, that yeah. one uh, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to put any more in because I already got it in, but I saw that. It made me laugh out loud when I watched it. I'm like, I'll put some more farts in. 
See, that's a classic yeah. right there. That's 35, a, you know? Yeah. Well, here's another. This one's a little over the top, but I still like it. Oh, wait. That wasn't the one I thought it was. Yeah, it was very simple. They're just numbered. I've memorized most of them. <laughs> All right. Let's get uh, back into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you auditioned for Sorkin. Yeah. Uh, when do you film? Uh, end of March, like the 28th or something. Where? Here? Yeah, in LA. Yeah. Really what, lucky. Do you feel... Uh, when you go on a lot because you've been on them for so long and so many of them, do you feel like, is there still a feeling of, oh, of course. It's like you're in a special club or something. It's amazing. Do you also feel like you belong? Yeah. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. That's the answer. Like, I won't feel like I belong when I go to this set of this Sorkin movie. I'll feel like I'm shitting bricks the whole time. But if, hmm. I'm, if I'm going to Fox to shoot New Girl, I'm like, yeah, this is where I belong. You know, because I've done whatever, 20 whatever episodes at this point. It's like, yeah, I feel like I belong here. I almost always feel like I belong. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's what you need. Uh-huh. You, you need to, in order to excel, you need to feel comfortable. I had um, a, uh, uh, I was, um, um, that pause was me censoring making a, a Microsoft Office joke. <laughs> uh, but I had, I was on Undateable, and I had just gotten through Allison Jones this show with the Larry Charles show, mm. and I'm about to be with Billy Crystal, the comedians. Yeah, yeah. And I'm about to work with Billy Crystal, and I I'm new. I've done Undateable. I've never done a guest star before. I've mm. only done one show, and it's I was the lead of it. Uh, one, excuse me, one of the regulars who didn't even talk much. So it's like a completely different dynamic, and. I was going on the tour on the road with Ron Funches to do stand up. A mm. guy who I've known for a bit, a guy who I'm friends with to do a a craft that I've been doing for almost a decade. <laughs> yeah, and I was terrified. Mm. I remember talking to my dad on the phone before the first show. Uh, it was in Atlanta. I was so 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 scared because I get so scared to do stand up. And my dad said, "How do you feel about doing the show, the comedian show?" And it's like I'm that's what I was meant to do. Like wow. I had no experience working with a legend. I had done this other thing, which, by the way, I'm featuring at a who gives a fuck. Yeah, I'm terrible. But for whatever reason, and I, I wouldn't want it. I, I like this. I'd rather be this way because I could be nervous on stage and talk about it. If I'm nervous on set, it's a different thing. Interesting. I'm so for whatever reason, it's an accident. I'm I'm so grateful, but I always feel like I got this and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a certain amount of and I don't I'm not saying this is the reason why, but you know, there's a certain amount of uh, projection where it's like. <sighs> If you act like you belong there, people will treat you like you do belong there. You know what I mean? It's not, but it's not. That's not a decision. Uh-huh. It's it's like um, like when I'm when I walk on a lot. This is a this is a kind of a hyperbolic statement. Um, but it would be more towards this side. This is not real. Mm. But this is like the emotional. When I'm walking on a lot, nobody knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Even less before when I was working. On, I haven't walked on a lot in a while. And Pete and like the tour buses go by. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> These people have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I always think that too. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Like, here's what I do. It reminds me of high school. Like, I was doing... The last time I worked at Universal, I was doing the show called Abby's, which actually got picked up for a season um, with Natalie Morales and uh, some other wonderful people. And uh, the tour buses would go by. And I would stand there. Like, I would be outside for whatever reason. And... I would think, yeah, I'm going to stand here and let them see me. Because, like, <laughs> even if they don't recognize me, I'm still, like, a guy who works here. And that is sick as hell. You know, uh-huh. like, this, like, you wish you worked on this fucking line. You're taking a tour. You know, Where's that. the line of narcissism to <laughs> to uh, self-confidence? God, it's so thin, especially in this profession. Mm-hmm. you got to be 
pretty vain to be an actor, you know, especially one like me who watches myself constantly. Like, but you have, you, but like, you know, I, I, I think of, you know, I know other basketball players do this, but I've heard so many interviews of Kobe talking about how much tape he watches. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much uh, as a host and as an interviewer because I'm editing these podcasts. Yeah, and you're seeing yourself. And I, you know, and there's so many things where I, uh, I'm grossed out and there's nothing that's going to change and it's hard to do it and that's the reason I got help first was less about how much time it took and more I can't watch this anymore <laughs> but also I have and I see stuff and you know seeing the stuff you like you could try and do more of but it's seeing the stuff you don't like that lets you offer why don't I like this hmm. that offers not just insight into the craft but also into me hmm. Pete Holmes talked about how uh, he interrupts people all the time hmm. and how many shit he gets in the comments in his podcast? I've listened to a bunch on of his, his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we talked about that on mine because I do the same thing too. And we're, we both kind of said this, a similar thing, but it's validated to me because Pete Holmes said it. Mm-hmm. Pete Holmes being somebody who's been doing this a lot longer than me. Uh, it's what it is, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's this whole like sort of philosophy when I say that you know sometimes when I audition I change the words so that it sounds more like me talking instead of like the character and that might sound like that seems you're being you're trying to get a job playing this other person not yourself or whatever there's this one acting teacher I had in college where look I had a great experience in acting school I am not the kind of person who's going to say you need to go to acting school to be good mm-hmm. you can be good without it for me it really brought me out of my shell in a great way. And it's like an unbelievable amount of practice. For four years, you go up in front of people and you fuck up a ton. You also do well a handful of times. And it's just, you know, the 10,000 hours, you're getting up in front of people and fucking up and doing your thing. And by the time I got out of there, I had very little dignity left because I had done so many weird things and like showed my dick in various scenes and had to like... Really? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. You, you know, we were doing like experimental theater and all this stuff. So by the time I got out of there... I was like, oh, nothing's going to phase me anymore. But look, that's not the point. The point I was making is I had this one teacher who really resonated with me. Uh, Stella Adler had one improv class that they did. It was like sort of a throwaway class. Nobody cared about it, but it, they felt it was important to the, uh, the philosophy of Stella Adler, which is imagination. Instead of using the method or something, you imagine this is really happening to you, and that's how you get a truthful reaction. So they had an improv class. Everyone took one improv class in four years. And they didn't really care, but he ended up directing me in a show. And he said, a play. That, in a play, yeah, sorry, I'm talking about his, his name is Noel Wilson. And uh, he, <laughs> I was doing this play, it was a drama. Uh, there were some funny parts of it, but it was mostly a drama. And one of the other guys in the play was really took himself seriously and was like very dramatic all the time. And he was like really, you know, acting too much and trying too hard. And he was doing a scene where he had to cry and he was like going way over the top and Noel stopped the scene right in the middle. And he said to, I'm not going to say his name because like, I I love the guy. I'm not going to throw him under the bus here. But Noel goes, listen, pal, we like you. Okay. We are all your friend already. And we all love you. You don't have to impress us. Okay. Just drop this attitude. And he like immediately started crying in real life, you know? And he said that he was he was trying so hard to impress everybody, right. and Noel was like, "Just drop it." And then, and here's what he said: He goes, um, "Listen, pal, I'm just calling him pal because I don't want to say his name." But the most is he it, working now? This guy? No, <laughs> he actually works at the acting school as a voice teacher now. <laughs> and that's a, too much of a clue. Um, he said, "Look, the most interesting person you know is yourself." Okay. 
we're in the middle of acting school. You've been doing Shakespeare for two years. You're learning how to like end all your lines up and make eye contact on every word and do all the. That's not what a real person does. I want to see what you would do in this situation. Do the scene again, and it was like a million times. But and I've always, I've never forgotten that you're the most interesting person you know. So I always comment things like, "It's not going to get more truthful than if I was doing it." Yeah, uh, I, uh, my, I, I, uh, the way I've articulated that is, um, any great actor does uh, who does characters does great character work. Mm-hmm. You know yourself like that character. Yeah, like Larry playing an exaggerated version of Larry. Um, oh, which, by the way, real quick, the point of, that I was saying before is uh, he, Larry says that uh, Larry on Curb is who he wants to be. <laughs> uh, he wants to be able to say, yeah. you know, because he thinks those things, but he doesn't act on those. So I just think that's interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, so you're saying that you, you're the most interesting you could be with the skill set and the things that you've learned is to, to find some version of you in every character. Yeah. I think that's fair. Sure. Right? I think so. I mean, I might be taking it a little far by sort of changing the line into a, into a line that I would say. But yeah, that, I, I get caught up in that sometimes. Sometimes it's like, I, I just, I'm not going to be able to be present if I say over there instead of that way. Or yeah, it's yeah. just such a weird, I think that's just a, you know. Yeah, maybe it's a crutch, but it, yeah. it helps me to be more relaxed or whatever. But, um, um, oh, boy. See, would you animate somebody shitting in your mouth when you did something like that? Or is that something uh, for the guests? I already put, uh, I had it be lipstick when I put the chapstick uh, on. Yeah. So that okay. was me just pulling off the sheet of <laughs> of red lipstick. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Sheets of lipstick? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, or I guess uh, uh, play. I don't know why I keep saying show. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Good. I feel good. Yeah. Am I interesting enough here? Is this okay? Is there something I could say that makes you feel less or more interesting? If you said no, I would feel less interesting. And if I said yes? Then I would feel content. Oh, it would have helped. Uh, would you feel, have felt content had that question never been asked? Yeah. I think I, was get, I felt nervous when you said, how are you doing? And I was like, uh-oh. Well, There's great, a lull. Great, by yeah. the way. But just so you could be content. But yeah. best case scenario, you would feel what you already were feeling. Yeah. Feels like a risky ask. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because if you don't ask, you're here. Uh-huh. If you do ask, best case scenario, you're here. Mm. I, I I learned in a restaurant never ask how is everything. Say is everything good. Oh, because then they have to say they. It's it's a further leap for it not being good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could just say yes, and it's a positive, yeah. as opposed to them choosing between yes or no. Interesting. Wow, there's a, there's a saying in sales called "shorten the showroom," <laughs> where if they have twenty options, it becomes about. Picking which one and then deciding to get it. If it's few options, it's just deciding to get it. It's less less steps. That's what we do. You want to do in marketing too. Like when you're when you're posting a clip of something, go to rickglassman.com, click on submit a fart. It's too many steps. Hmm. If you could just swipe up and then fart, and that's the goal. But we don't have that kind of money for programming <laughs> yet. Really, you can't do a swipe up. Not to email. Oh, okay. I yeah. could do a swipe up to a click. I see. I think I'm done with the submit of farts. I have so many backlogs. Do you have now. a lot? My girlfriend organizes all the farts by names and <laughs> times. And so she's, she doesn't mind listening to farts all the time? She loves working. It's weird. Oh, uh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, weird. Uh, unusual to me. Uh-huh. Like, like, to me, I have nothing to do today. I'm getting nine episodes of West Wing in, baby. <laughs> but Betty, it's like uh, I need to find something to do. I, I hear you. I'm like you, but I turned to like video games. That's a, I got to cut that do out. Do you Twitch? 
No, I really should though. For the amount of time, like not that I think I could get an audience, but it's like I'm doing it anyway. Might as well try and get some and something. Make so much money on it. I know, but like now people like Hubel and Sheer and stuff, they're doing Twitch just as like to do a show, not even to play a video game. You know, I uh, and I still might do it. I actually am just now buying the the Switcher for it. But I wanted to do. Um, with my buddy John and anybody else who could be in my bubble, uh, we could have guests out on the balcony to do live improv. Oh, that'd be amazing! And to like get suggestions from the people, and, <laughs> and I just wanted to get very stoned. Yeah. And uh, improv is hard. Mm-hmm. Like to be good, even if you are good, like you have to have a team that you know how to play with. So I want to just have like stakes-free improv. It's just going to be bad, but we're funny guys, you know. Yeah, it'll be funny. Uh, By the way, I just remembered this, and I don't want to forget it again. Uh, you remember I was talking about We'll Paul. be right back oh, you After a, a word From our sponsor Fucking carpet Carpet Hardwood Rugs And luxury vinyl Do you remember? Yeah I'm not happy about it But I remember So make the right choice And visit Marshall Carpet One And Rug Gallery And we promise With more than 50 years As a family owned business We've got you covered Okay what is it? It's gone now It's 100% gone Right, sorry, let me rewind. Before I forget, you know, I, m- I mentioned Paul Downs. Um, I'm a big fan of his. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, go, go. <laughs> he, uh, he did an episode of Larry King's show, Rest in Peace, uh, where he, you should, it's on his Instagram, but it's very pleasing to me. But he talks to Larry about how he records his own farts on Larry King. Mm-hmm. And Larry's like, excuse me? He goes, yeah, I record my own farts all the time, constantly. And he and Larry King, by the way, calls it flatulence. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even call it flatulence. He says, flatulence. Uh, and why do you... Rec- if, if it's a little uh, pitchier, would he call it a sharpulence? <laughs> I imagine he would. Sorry. That's okay. I chuckled. Uh, and, and Paul was explaining that he's not satisfied with the, like sound archives for farts that exist there none of them sound real yes so that's, that's why what, i had people submitting yeah and then and then they get into a discussion about why are farts funny and he just breaks you know he just breaks Ooh, down you have to send me that for one i'm interested in two i want to make sure that i'm not i'm not trampling on something that has been established oh maybe i don't, because I don't know I, I do think about that yeah well it's true and i think it's hilarious i mean a real fart is way funnier than like if you go to like soundeffects.com that's all bullshit you know sometimes oh. if like like if we're talking in there like that fart that we put in that's funny because it sounds real but if i all of a sudden go like this oh and by the way yeah <laughs> you know then you want to hear like a you know what you heard do you remember that scene in dumb and dumber where of course Jeff, oh, god it's the motherfucking bet i can't believe <laughs> like, that's newsroom by the way oh, yes i thought about that, that looking at him in newsroom to that it's <sighs> Because he's like a very well-regarded actor. Uh, you know, he's like a Broadway guy. Yeah. I didn't know he was Broadway, but I know he's a very, like, trained oh, yeah. Jeff Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, amazing that he did that. Mm-hmm. I give him a lot of credit for doing that. Wasn't Dumb and Dumber, it was originally, uh, it was originally, uh, or was it him? No, it was somebody else. And then when Jim Carrey came on, they felt like they needed a bigger name, and that person lost who it was. Do you know who it was? I don't know, but I We'll put up a familiar. picture and we find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, when I was a kid, I loved uh, Jim Carrey. I loved Adam Sandler CDs. I bought all of his, you know, his comedy albums and stuff. And my dad, who's like a very smart guy and a very, you know, he's a screenwriter for 35 years. He hates both of those guys, he thinks they're fucking clowns and they're not funny. And it just made me love them even more. I was like rebelling or whatever. I love that shit. 
Is is there something about uh, we never really got to it about? Oh, I guess we did. You about your dad being in the business. He mm. didn't push you for or against. You just found it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when I graduated from high school, he was like, "Look, uh, you know, do you want me to set you up with an agent? You graduated." From, and I was like, "No, I'm going to go to college." What are you talking about? Like, I wasn't in any hurry, and he wasn't trying to push me into it either. You know. Did he help you get an agent when you got one? So here's what happened. I, I while I was in call, I would go to NYU um, for the school year, and weirdly, they don't have any weird. They don't have any small breaks at NYU in the curriculum. There's no like October week off. There's no three day weekends. There's nothing. You just Who has an October week off. A ton of colleges get a week off in October. I don't fucking know why. Oh, they like people go skiing or whatever. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, or is it November? I, no, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Um, we had four months off for summer at NYU. It's just how it went. We got out like early May and we went back in mid-September or whatever. It was right. crazy. So I always got a summer job. And one of the jobs I worked at was for, I was I was an intern at Red Hour Productions. And that is a job my dad helped me get. I mean, it wasn't a job I wasn't getting paid. But Red Hour's Ben Stiller's production company, they made the like, you know. I thought it was Red Hat or Green. No, that's Todd Phillips. Oh, yeah. Red Hour. And that's still yeah. his thing? So it's, did you know, did you work with him? Uh, I worked with Stuart. Yeah, I worked with the, I worked with everyone. I was an unpaid intern. I was doing coverage there, uh, which is when you, um, you know, production offices like that, they get script submissions constantly. People sending in their scripts. They want their script to get made. They're submitting it or whatever. And you're looking and, to see what's good. Yeah, there's no way to get through all of it. So they hire unpaid interns to just sort of <laughs> run through all these scripts all day and say, like, hey, maybe you should check this one out. Maybe not. Um, Did you remember you, you finding anything that ended up getting made? I remember... Uh, Along came Polly. <laughs> no. The only one I remember is the one that I said that I gave a very bad score to and said, don't make this movie. And then they made that movie. What was it? It was called the ruins. It was a horror movie about vines that come to life and kill people like plants. And it was like a 400 page script. And I was like, just kill me, kill me right now. And they, and they made that movie. Okay. No offense to whoever. I mean, whatever. Not taken. Um, Anyway, the point of this story is I was working there doing coverage unpaid, and then um, Stuart, the guy who my dad was friends with, and rest in peace, Stuart passed away uh, just last year, which is it's bad. I really loved him, and um, uh, from cancer, not from COVID. Um, but uh, you really kept leaning into the like. Now it's to the point where I got to like. I don't know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Just give me a moment to cry, okay? No, um, right. We already. <laughs> We already like you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but also, sorry about the... I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I mean, he was like my mentor or whatever. Um, but so what happened was his assistant quit. Like, <laughs> you, know, you son of a bitch. That was too far that time. His assistant quit like eight days before they started shooting the um, Tenacious D movie. And so he was like, Nelson, you want to be my assistant? My guy just quit. And I was like, really? And he's like, you'll get $700 a week. And I was like, fuck it. It's like the most money I'd ever made. And uh, Jack Black, the way you just did that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Um, and he's the one where when I graduated from college, he set me up with a manager meeting. Uh, and he got me started in the industry. Full circle. Uh, we open with it. And let's close with it. Uh, we didn't even talk about Futile. Shit, you're right. That's right. Uh, Allison Jones got us those th- those jobs. Also, I want to uh, we'll talk about Allison. Mm. Um because you said like you got to go into Larry without pre-tape or anything. Mm-hmm. The auditions Allison has gotten me. Uh, I auditioned for Veep once. Mm-hmm. It was with Julie Louise Dreyfus. What? Uh, made her laugh. Uh, I need everyone to know that. I, because when you make somebody laugh, and you know when it's a real laugh. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, I w- would have preferred to have get it. But I wasn't right for the part. Or mm-hmm. it, a girl ended up getting it. Whatever it was, it doesn't matter. If you could make... That's how I felt about Curb. Yeah. But uh, the interv- the audition with 
with Larry, the audition with Julia were some of the, the coolest moments I've had, and I didn't get those jobs. Yeah. Uh, she brought me in for uh, the Amy Schumer movie. I forgot what it was called. But, train wreck. Uh, with with um, uh, Judd Apatow. Fuck. Uh, and there was... What else was there? Oh, no. The other... She got me uh, Futile and um, Comedian, some other stuff. But the point I'm making is... She has like no once she likes you, yeah, you get to go right there. She has so much faith, you know. In fact, and I read with Stephen Merchant for um, I love or sorry, uh, Hello Ladies, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't get it, but then I like then Steve? I, I got it in the movie. No, were you Steve, in the movie? I was in the movie. I don't remember. I've seen both. I was in the first like ten minutes of the movie. You know, Christine Woods uh, is so great in that, and she's on a she's on an audition for a yogurt commercial, and I'm the director giving her all these horrible notes and telling her to fucking roll around on the ground like a cockroach and shit oh, but steve merchant is that was my favorite auditioning experience of my entire life was just doing uh improv improv with steven merchant it was like the greatest he's uh, on the he's on the short list of like who i would love to get on this podcast at some point oh yeah and by the way when i first read for allison um i guess i think i i think i was starting to tell that story when i was 250 pounds i had first graduated from college and i got my first manager he was like what's your game plan really and i said look you got to get me in on the Seth Rogen track because I'm like a pudgy Jewish guy and he's a movie star. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, he goes, okay, well, I'll send you to Allison. So I went in to audition for Allison. So for, your first meeting with Allison wasn't a general. It was an audition. It was an audition. And she just was in. I auditioned for the TJ Miller role in uh, She's Out of Your League. And I finished my audition and she said, how come I've never seen you before? And I said, this is my first audition ever. <laughs> and she was like, wow, okay, look, you're not going to get this job. Will you come back tomorrow? I have some other things I want you to read. Can you fucking imagine somebody who was like, you know what you, well, you know what else you'd be good for? So I came back the next day. She read me for The Office. Got it. She read me for I Love You, Man. Got it. In the same fucking day. Who are you and I Love You, Man? I played one of... Uh, Jason. Yes, on the hike. Yeah, I was on the hike. I mean, we shot. I shot for like eight days and they cut everything One out. of my favorite movies. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was... That was my first paid job. Wow. Was doing the, and I was in the scenes with Paul Rudd and shit. It was wild. And then after I did that movie. You can't do that, by the way. Oh, shit. It's a white power thing, isn't it? Anyway, that's not what it meant, people. It's okay. We'll, uh, we'll animate it into a middle finger. Yeah. Anyway, I did that movie, uh, and I had a scene with, with Paul Rudd, and then he gave me a job on. Um, Paul Rudd gave you a job? Paul Rudd gave me a job. What does that mean? He called you? I w- he was a producer on um, that show. Oh my god, that show is so funny. With um, it was with Martin Starr and uh, like Ryan Hansen and those guys. It was oh the, yeah, the, the um, caterers. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got on that because who knew Paul Rudd produced that fucking show? I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that either. If he did, my manager called me. He's like, "Hey, uh, you got a job?" And I was like, "What are you talking?" So about? So he's like, "I liked, I liked." He, from the hiking scene that you did? Oh, yeah. you also, there was a sub scene. You probably did more scenes that got cut. I was I was on that movie for like eight or nine days and all of it got cut essentially. Bummer. Except for one montage. I don't even think I had a line at the end of the day, but, um, or maybe one line. But uh, did you, Do you like that movie? Love it. That it's is one great. of my favorite movies. It's so funny. It's underrated, you know? I don't know because, <laughs> I mean, John and I, my friend John, we, we, we back in our sketch writing days, I remember we, we, we wrote a sketch about us pitching I Love You Man 2, but, the, but we had to rewrite it in a way where we're, Jason, we're not taking their role, so you know we have to be some. We're Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd, basically. They have yeah. to acknowledge it. And it was, I love you, man. I love you, man, too. 
<laughs> I just remember that. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's still, it still makes me laugh. It's like, look who's talking to. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But anyway, the point of that whole story was that Allison, on her own fucking volition, brought me back to read for other stuff. And that you will never, it's never happened since. And it's probably never going to happen again. I just couldn't believe it. What a, a beautiful gesture that was. So, um, so futile. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your experience with that real quick to kind yeah. of tie this together? I'll be honest. I don't think David liked me on that. I sort of didn't know what the world I was living in. And I felt he sort of is a little bit readable, I think, David Wayne. He's readable. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I love David Wayne. And let me tell you. You I mean did, readable as in you know what he's thinking? Like I could see it on his face that he was displeased with what I was doing. Um, you finished what you were saying before. I ended up doing a pilot with him this year in 2020 in February, right before the lockdown. So I've made my peace with him and now we're friendly and I love him and I always loved him, but I always thought he was secretly pissed off at me for like fucking up some scenes in his movie. You have no idea what David Wayne's thinking. You couldn't be more far off. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. He's not thinking about you. I first of all. Okay. Um, and he's probably not, not in the best mood. Right, right. right. Um, I mean, I don't know him that well. I think he hates me, but uh, no, no. I, I, David is a. Um, you had him on the show, right? No, I, I, I'm. I think I'm friends with David. Yeah, I think you are too. But I was making a joke. If he hates uh, me, sure, of, sure. of me saying he doesn't hate you, he hates me. Yeah, right. But right. David is uh, in a way that makes me feel validated. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of similarities between us. Yes. And that thing where I am misunderstood, I know he is, and we talked about it briefly. But there was a moment on because I want to direct, and I. I sh- I show up and I shadow wherever I can. I stay days I'm not there. And anything I've worked on or my friends are on, I like to shadow. So he was on, he's on my bulletin board, one of two people. The Number one, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Edgar Wright is two. Edgar, um, maybe I'll send you this. I'd love for you to do the pot. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I would stay. I was on set with him uh, a lot. And he taught me how to do the Rubik's Cube. We, you know, we bonded mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and he would, uh, him and... Uh, uh, his assistant Sarah, I don't know if you remember. Um, I don't see. think they still work together. Yeah. Uh, she knows him better than any of us because she's, you know, with him all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And th- we were at Video Village, and it was just the three of us, David and the two of us. Mm-hmm. And it was some pickup stuff. It was low stakes, and out of nowhere, David hasn't spoken. Uh, other, you know, uh, we're not all talking. I'm just watching, and I don't know where David says, "Will you just get me a fucking Gatorade?" <laughs> so out of nowhere he wasn't angry before yeah and i saw her okay i saw her not know and i maybe i'm wrong i think i talked to her about it i don't remember but she wasn't sure it, it also there's other dynamics it was if if i'm spoken to in front of somebody else i need to stand there's a lot of things that what was he being no, Serious? he was joking. Of course he was. Yeah, okay. I but that. she wasn't either sure or didn't know if I was sure. But what I what I felt in the moment was, and I only say she wasn't, she's not here to speak, but I'm pretty confident she was kind of thrown off by it. And to me, it was, what a funny way to ask for a Gatorade. <laughs> but seeing that, I don't think David knew that yeah. she was upset because she's not going to tell him. Yeah. Also, it might not have that been that big of a deal. That happens. I'm seeing David have no idea. Mm-hmm. Now, people that know him, pe- some people are okay with it. But when they're not okay with it, uh, it looks it looks like David's an asshole. Right. I never thought he was an asshole. I just thought he was mad at me. The point I'm making is yeah. he, where I connect with that is 
he isn't giving you the face that you need because he isn't even aware it exists. Ah, yes. So there are people that go, ah, yes, and smile and nod their head to show like we're on the same page. Right. There are also people who say it and feel the same way but go like this. Yeah, and then I'm reading that as like, oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, coincidentally, before that, uh, on Undateable, I remember I was very new. Like, it was episode three, season one. I had never done anything before. At the time, I didn't realize the cliche of some people are assholes was real. <laughs> like, of course, people are, people are assholes everywhere. But, like, that diva thing, it's, it still feels cliche because I've never experienced it. I've heard stories. I've never seen somebody be that thing. Oh, yeah. But I go, uh, I'm drinking uh, whatever I'm drinking, a coffee that whatever it was, I got it myself. <laughs> and I said, what the fuck is this? Somebody give me a diet fucking Coke. Joking. We're having fun. It, was a, it wasn't a laugh, but just, you know, it was a throwaway thing. And like two minutes later, somebody came with a diet Coke. I oh. got so hot. And I apologize to everyone who was there, but who knows who was there two minutes earlier. Oh, God. You got to be careful, I guess. But also, like, I'm kidding. Yeah, look, I I would take that as a funny joke, but I've also literally had that happen to me. I, w I used to work as an assistant. You know, like I said I, w I worked at Red Hour as an intern, and I was an assistant to Stewart. And but I did other assistant jobs. Every summer, I did a different assistant job, and I was that guy. I had to carry around. There's a certain person I worked for who was very. I had to carry around Diet Cokes, and also I had to carry around a glass, like a cup of ice, because he wanted Diet Coke with ice at all times. But we'd be on location, so there's no. So I had to hold that stuff on me, and every 15 minutes, go get a new cup of ice for when he like asked for it and shit. So I'm sure that there are some people who have like shell shock from that bullshit, you know. I I, I do. I, I I've never made that joke again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but David did it in small company. Yeah. And uh, no, anyway, but, um, but I got to work with him again, and I did this pilot with him last year. Did he write it, or I guess yeah, he directed he, it? He and 80 Miles wrote it together, and he it is a soap opera. Yeah, I'm going to send you the Vimeo link. I don't think he would mind. Or you can ask him for it, your friends. And uh, we shot four episodes in five days. And Is it, was, it was sold? No. because you still did four episodes? Because that was, the pilot was four episodes. Because it was going to be an actual soap opera. Oh, so like the ped cameras, it's a, like a, so you're there, you're set up for a week. Yes. And and it had the show gotten picked up, we would sh we would shoot one episode a day for f every five days a week. Uh, just like a real soap opera, except it was like David Wayne zany out there comedy oh I'd love to see it it was the greatest experience I've, in a long time I, the greatest thing I can remember in a long time Jane Lynch was my mom the whole thing was like unbelievable wow. uh, and I connected with David again and I felt validated even though maybe he never hated me to begin with I always thought he did yeah. uh, I, I know the feeling I doubt it <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. but also he is he's up, up on a bit of a pedestal for me I, me too I, Wet Hot American Summer is like a perfect movie that and the social network I've said it a million <laughs> times yeah, that's right <laughs> hand in hand yeah did you have fun on that movie? On uh, I, I, I mean, yeah. you look like you're on a fucking blast. And I, 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 yeah, God, it must have been. I mean, we we only shot together one time in the funeral, I guess, right? Uh, that was the first. Uh, no, we also did the first day of set was the um, uh, uh, the Lemmings, whatever it was, on stage. We were at like some after party something. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Uh, and uh, it was just. The whole time, yeah. you know, I mean, that cast and it was David Wayne and that feeling we were talking about of being on a lot and like the feeling of I want to be here. I'm so grateful to be here. And this weird thing of I belong here mm -hmm. and just like and it wasn't a lot of money by any means, mm. but like working's working. Yeah, it was just there wasn't a feeling of it's a big break, but there was a feeling of like 
I'm an actor now. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. It was my first movie I had done. I've done two. So, you know, <laughs> that, that was the first. And, uh, yeah, but we met and, um, uh, and I, I don't remember if I, now I know I didn't remember, but then I don't remember if I remembered Undateable. I remember seeing you and knowing you from the traffic light. What, I'm sorry. What was it called? Traffic light. Yeah. Traffic light show. Yeah. Um, traffic light on Netflix. Is it? It used to be. Maybe it's not anymore. You want to do a promo? Netflix, the best show from 2006. I mean, eight. Uh, there were a few people. There was uh, Maddie Lucas, you. I think it was the three of us. Oh, I love uh, Matt Lucas so yeah, much. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, but there was you were like my first friends on set, and we 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 wa- we were in holding together. We were all in. Uh, I wasn't, but most people were in these big wigs and like these costumes, yeah. and it was just we're, it was all of our first days, and it was. It was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. I had grown out these mutton chops because they asked me to. And I showed up on the first day It's a hair and makeup. And they're like, oh, you did it? And I was like, yeah, you guys asked me to do it. And she's like, well, we had already prepared fake ones. Nobody did it. You're but the only one who did it. Did they keep your real ones? <laughs> yeah. How many days did you work on that show? In the movie? Not a lot. Maybe a week or so. And, um, and my wife hated them. She shaved them off herself when I was done, actually. But you only had to keep it. Oh, I guess you grew it in the week. Yeah. I got to, uh, I was in a lot of like background stuff, yeah. like at a few scenes, but but I was in stuff like I either wasn't in or very small amount, but a lot of days. So I got to be on set a lot of days. So I got to shadow a lot of days. And the whole thing was just still one of the coolest experiences. It was great. Um, Alan, and Allison Jones, man, she just, <laughs> I don't even know if she submitted, I, I asked her, she said, okay. She was probably kidding, but I said, don't even show him anybody but me. <laughs> And she goes, okay. Well, look, you're the fucking spitting image. It's crazy. When I found out about when it, the script, I sent her a picture. I'll put it up here. Yeah. Uh, of uh, four pictures, two of me and two of Harold Ramis, where we just look. That's another thing. It's like, how, how much of this business of casting really is, I think it goes most important what you look like, <laughs> second most important if people like you, and then your talent. God, that sucks. Do you think that's real? I mean, I do think that's real. Yeah, the looks are super important. Obviously, that's right. It is right. I mean, specifically if you're playing a certain person, but you know, you play a certain type. You know, the fact that you wear glasses. Yeah, you're all your roles are glasses guys. When I first started working, uh, I would get these tips from my manager and from my family. Like my dad would say to me, "Never wear your glasses in an audition because they don't know what you look like without them. They can always put glasses on you." And my manager used to say, lie about how tall you are. You're too tall to be in scenes with other people. They're too short, for, you know. And I just never did any of that shit. And then later, my dad was like, you were right to wear your glasses. Now you're that guy. And yeah, It's easier to get that guy roles. Yeah. But it's harder to get. Here's, I mean, this is such a blanketed statement, but it is hard. It's going to be hard for us to be leading men. Yeah. Because of our height and glasses, unless we create yeah. something ourselves. I always think about, you know, it's like my mom would be like, you got to work out more and get nice and trim that way you can get those big roles and it's like i don't want to be in the running for that fucking nightmare world of being like a movie star it's insane i make a perfectly good living i get to work all year round i'm not just like i don't know it's it's a weird bag i'm just lucky to be working at all but i i I feel even luckier that i'm not like i don't know chris pratt's a bad example because he was like me and then became a movie star he's also i mean he's unbelievable not to say you're not but but in parks and rec I, 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 Parks and Rec is my favorite show. By him. It's my favorite show. More than The Office. Yes. Wow. I, I never got to be in Parks and Rec either, which is a real tragedy. But 
But I tested against Chris Pratt for that role in the fucking in Parks and Rec, and he is so much better than me in that role. That's uh, one of the greatest. He's that's yeah. That's one of the greatest comedy roles I think of all time. And he's he is I don't know. I think he's sixth. On, on the yeah. I think he was because I remember when I did the sixth lead. I did a web series about being the sixth lead on Undateable. Yeah, and it was uh, and I did a scene in the in the first. I did five episodes. A scene with Bill Lawrence. Um, I'm talking to him about how like I want you know like like Chris Pratt. I was compared. He was six on the call sheet. He's like, you want to be in Jurassic Park? And it was, <laughs> hey, that's a movie star, man. Yeah, I test that test for that role for Andy Dwyer. It was myself, Chris Pratt, who I had no fucking clue who Chris Pratt that was. was the first thing wasn't I was it? like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Nick Thune and one of the Duplass brothers. Can't remember which one. <laughs> and that was a crazy... Just the, four, just the four of you guys? Yeah. And then we read... We had to do a scene with Rashida where we were being interviewed together. And the interviewer was Amy Poehler. Cool. It was so fucking stressful. And the way I played it was like a really smart guy who was just a lazy asshole. Glasses. Who made his girlfriend do everything for him. And obviously the way Chris did it was like, I'm, I'm so lovable, I don't know any better. And it's like, ugh fucking slam dunk that is to, to be that kind of lovable is yeah. it's not even an acting ability it's just that's a that's a person yeah uh, i think i think of adam divine all the time <laughs> i use that reference with something else too there's just something about those two guys i, I think of the, those two guys because i i guess i don't know like just in today's world because you know they've existed you know, farley's the king of it <laughs> but like to be able to be a buddy you know like I can't. I'm going to be the get me a fucking Gatorade guy. And when it works, it works. You know, but to be able to be a buddy like that, it's just yeah. so likable. It's like David reminds me of David Spade. You know what I mean? Is it obviously a different personality, but it's like fucking just love that guy. He's like your sidekick, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting because he is a, a sharp, right. shitty, but there is something very likable about Spade. Because he's always trying to, you know, it doesn't matter who he's shitting on. He's always trying to make you laugh mm-hmm. while he's doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, right? right? Am I right? You know, I don't know. Well, I want to end this just because. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, I'm so we, sorry. I mean, no, no, no. Not, not, I'm having, I mean, I'm talking so much with you because I'm having such a good time. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, I would love to have you back sometime, especially after you do. Um, uh, it's called Lucy, right? It's called Being the Ricardos. Being the Ricardos. To hear some experience about working on that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's going to be crazy. It's, and it's during COVID, too. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I start working in two in less than two weeks during COVID. On your show, mm-hmm. I just oh got my, my first test, COVID test, uh, uh, yesterday. Fuck yeah, man! I'm very got, excited. I'm so happy for you, man. That is such a great, great. So, do you have like a, a cast and everything? Yeah, I mean, we're we, we're filming episode two in two weeks. We filmed the pilot already. Fuck! I auditioned for the show in April of 2019. Oh it's going to come out at the earliest end of 2021. God, you know this year. See, when I did this David Wayne pilot, we we shot it in the middle of February. March rolls around. Everything gets shut down. And I'm like, this is a slam dunk because no other pilots right. are getting shot. This is a guaranteed pickup. And then it was it was uh, TBS, and they sort of folded in on themselves at that exact moment, and uh, it just went south. But Will you send it to me? I'll remember to ask you. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I have the link that David sent me. So I'm just it's like a Vimeo thing. All right, well... Um we're about to end this, but uh, if you want to check out some exclusive episodes, bonus content behind the scenes, blah, 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 patreon.com slash take your shoes off, where we will also see some fun slow motion rewind comedy and Nelson looking up who some casting directors are so we could put in the voiceover. Uh, do you want to plug your, your Instagram or anybody else's Instagram? Yeah, sure. I'm at uh, Nelson Mode Squad, which is an embarrassing Instagram name, but I've been on it since 2011 and it's a Busta Rhymes reference. I... 
also want to make sure I, I know what it is I, before I forget. Um, uh, T- Ted Munns, it's uh, T-E-D-M-U-N-Z, Mosaic Art, M-O-S-A-I-C-A-R-T. He makes mosaics. I don't know if you could see from there. Uh, this take your shoes off one. It's it's been up for like four or five episodes now. You I see, know that. Yeah, I've never uh, heard of that. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to shout out. I feel like you know it's here and I put it in the description before. But thank you and check his stuff out and they're fucking awesome. He, I guess he's kind of like taking over the podcast market. He has all these big podcasts now. But anyway, so uh, check out either Ted's Instagram or Nelson's. Follow one of them, not both. <laughs> and uh, okay. Thanks. Is that it? Yeah, I've uh, I have enjoyed this very much. Thank you. Well, stain the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start the theme music, and then we have to have you look up the voiceover. Scoot doo. Blabbity blue. Scoot.